Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a Whitley comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And every day, every, every day. week, <laughs> every week we, uh, we review all of last week's comics and let you know which were the good ones, which were the bad ones, which are the ones that you should be reading right now. Um, every comic that we read on the show is available for purchase at King's Comics in Sydney. That is 310 Pitt Street, Sydney. You know, what's really impressive is I've worked at King's for almost 10 years and I think it took me like eight years to remember the address and phone number, you've done it way quicker. Right. All it took Good me job. was a solid year and a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you uh, can't make it to Sydney, why don't you check out their website, kingscomics.com, where you'll find a lot of the uh, harder to find issues, especially that we uh, mm-hmm. talk about on the show. Uh, Siobhan, this episode of Serious Issues is brought to you by two lovely, me. just to you. Just to me. They, they, they specifically said that their donations <laughs> to our Patreon, this is for your you and your young family. Thanks, guys. Um, our, uh, our two patrons... Oh, the week. Um, uh, oh, man, I've been dreading this guy showing up because I see yes. his name in our group all the time. Uh-huh. And it's... You don't know how to say it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go for gold. His name is... First name's Henning. Henning. Last name. Uh, good name. Wisth. Like, I think that's... Wisth. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. But I'll make but up I'm for it by willing. saying Henning, has, Henning is an active member of our, um, our Facebook group, which you yep. can find and, and be an active member of too. Mm-hmm. We're almost at 2,500 members. Sean. Whoa. Um, and uh, you can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash series issues podcast. Henning has an excellent taste in, uh, in comics uh, and uh, is able to spar with me many a time about some of the best runs known to man. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and so too does um, someone who gets brought up quite a bit on this podcast. Her name is Rebecca. Hey. Uh, and she is our star. Our, um, our, our, our star alongside Henning. I can't t- she can't take all the glory, <laughs> but she can have a, a lot of it. Yeah. Um, uh, Rebecca Hart um, is our other patron of the week um, who's been uh, pledging money since the start um, and uh, is just a. She's actually one of the admins of our yep. Facebook group, so if anything, I should be paying her. Yep. Um, Absolutely. Agreed. But like me personally? Yeah. Okay, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is uh, always there to um, give the. Actually, no. The funny thing is, I was like, cool. She's British. She's awake when I'm not. This nice. would be perfect. Yeah. But she's a night owl. 
Ah. <laughs> so like someone will call someone a cuck or something ridiculous nice. in, our, in our Facebook group. And, um, and I'll no, be like... No one gets around to it for and, days. Yeah, well, I'll be the first to see it because Rebecca keeps like the hours of a possum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so thank you so much to Beck and Henning for um, looking after us, our show, Bracey, making this episode pops possible. And if you would like to uh, support us on Patreon and uh, help us reach some very fun goals, which will mean more and more great content for you, you can find it at patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. On with the show, Siobhan. Let's kick things off the way we start every week by reviewing all of last week's number one issues in our segment called First Things First. There are a lot. I got a little rule that uh, I almost like, so this was like the most Marvel comics I've read like maybe since we started the show. Yeah. It's like 18 Marvel, Marvel comics I read this oh, week. Oh God, I did not read that many. Well, I wasn't going to read, in, I, I'd read three and then the ridiculous news from New York Comic Con came out Ugh. that they had partnered up with an arms manufacturer yeah. for, a, for a comic and a partnership, which was like, you know, like... It's just a bad call, all, comp- all enormous companies do horrible, evil stuff, but like this, yeah. the timing on it and this, the tone deafness on the announcement of it. Yeah. I was just like, they... Maybe if, if if we just do one week where we don't do Marvel mm. reviews, that's that'll be penance. Yeah, from, from our like from just from our end, everyone else is willing to do is welcome to do whatever they choose uh, to to punish major corporations. <laughs> um, but uh, the 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 weekend ended with them completely like like cancelling the, the comic and cancelling the panel about their partnership. So thank goodness. Um, so we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna leave them out of the show today, but we are gonna leave them till last. Okay, cool. So we'll do the. They'll, they'll be the, the end. They've got two number ones, which we'll review at the end of first things first, and then their their regular books will be at the very end of the show. Cool. Take that, Marvel. Yeah, we showed you Disney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's kick things off with a review of a DC book, a new series by written and drawn by Sean Murphy. Um, Woo! Of punk rock Jesus fame. You know, punk rock Jesus. Is that, that's definitely not his biggest his biggest I don't book. Know is what it? His I love that book. Is. That was so fun. I never read it. It's really fun. It's so like I mean, it's silly. It's well, that's like, he's one. Of, he's one of those guys that does those real like. And this is, book is a prime example of that. Like very like, it, it very told told with a straight face. Like a really yeah, yeah, silly yeah. tales told with a straightest face. And uh, this is a uh, Batman White Knight, uh, which basically asks the question: What if the Joker was cured? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he in in this in this book, uh, Joker. Uh, Basically, films uh, Batman chasing him down as he tries to escape with a bunch of random pills yep. that no one in Gotham knows what the pills are for. They're just experimental drugs. And then Batman, Classic Gotham. while being filmed, uh, crams a bunch of pills down uh, down Joker's stomach after beating him to a bloody pulp. And uh, the, the pills heal Joker. Yeah, and he's not crazy anymore. He's and, better, guys. And he decides to sue the Gotham Central Police Department and also become Gotham's White Knight. Mm. And so we see this, this issue actually opens with uh, Batman in prison and getting a visit from uh, basically a Joker who arrives in a Batmobile. Jack Napier. That's so this right. is explicitly the version like we're taking the Killing Joke as his official origin, correct? That's are we taking, that's are Napier. We no, Napier is Batman, like the, the, the Tim Burton 1989 movie. Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, but I thought they were going for the, like, stand-up comedian. Yeah, I think killing I think it's just he's thing. just picked and cho- chose right, from okay. a whole bunch of Joker origin stuff. Um, um, I like this. This was silly. I mean, it was beautiful. Oh, first yeah. First and foremost, you've got Matt. We were, le- we were left about when we said at the start, but Matt Hollingsworth doing an incredible job on coloring this mm-hmm. book. Um, a really great match for um, for Sean Murphy's pencils and inks, which... 
like you know, it, it's dark when it needs to be dark, but it maintains the silliness as well through color. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I definitely am a bigger fan of Sean Murphy's art than I am of his writing. But when you're in the mood for this kind of book, it, I devoured it. Absolutely. Know, I, read, I read it on a bus or something, and it was great. <laughs> read this book on a bus, everyone. Read That's it what, on a put, bus. Put, I read it in my house, and I enjoyed it equally. But so you can read it anywhere, guys. Everyone knows that Siobhan uh, puts wheels on her couch <laughs> and pretends it's a bus. Cause <laughs> All she's day. Housebound. I'm losing my mind. I got here and Siobhan said that Sirius Issues is the only, what did you call it? The only marker that... <laughs> that indicates like a normal week for me. Like the only thing that I have. Because I was, I was like... I'm just at home looking after I a baby. Was like, I was like, how was your weekend? And she was like, well, the same as every other fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> I get up, I look after a baby, I go to bed. Nice. <laughs> like this, Um, there's a bit in this where Joker wakes up from his coma and he's cured and he's in his cell and it's just covered in Batman stuff. That's kind of what my house is like now, but with baby stuff. Yeah, and you know, we we even we said that uh, Murphy kind of picks and chooses from all the different Joker origins and kind mm. of Batman and Joker folklore. And I I actually got a big chunk of uh, the Joker's portrayal in the Lego Batman movie in, ah. in his like uh, this obsession with Batman and right, right, right. That, that that they're meant for each other. Right. Okay. Um, I haven't yeah, seen that. I enjoyed that. You should watch that. You'd, you'd love it. It's very very silly. Yeah, I like yeah. silliness. Um. Yeah, I thought this was super enjoyable and like. I love taking some, like, Batman's such a silly character and kind of going like, look, he's actually, like, beating these people to a pulp. When you think about that quite seriously, it is pretty horrifying. And the whole, like, police department just standing back and being like, this is fine. This mm. is good. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like, I like that the Joker's now like, mm, I'm going to sue you all. But the, uh, funnily enough, the inverse of that is why doesn't Batman just kill these bad people? Yeah. And that's a, uh, a question that gets addressed in Batman Thirty. Three or whatever it was, which we'll review later in the episode. Yeah. It actually gets a little bit addressed in uh, the next number one we're going to talk about, which is Batman the Dawnbreaker, uh, which is part of the Dawn, the Dark Knights um, spin-offs of the massive, uh, what's it called? Yeah, Dark Knights Dark Knights Metal. metal. Dark um, Knights Metal. <laughs> uh, this one was written by um, Sam Humphreys with art by uh, Ethan Van Skyver. Um, and uh, this is... I really liked on this issue. There's one panel yeah. where Green Lantern Batman is... Teen Green Lantern Batman, even better, is standing and there's bats going across his face and it looks amazing. Absolutely, like, there was some great incredible art. And again, great colors by someone whose name I don't. His last name is Wright. We'll find it at some point. Nice. Um, but this basically tells the tale of uh, an, another evil version of Batman crossed with someone from the Justice League. Basically, after um, Thomas and Martha Wayne are shot in an alley. Spoiler alert: That's how every Batman story begins. Um, <laughs> uh, a, uh, a Green Lantern ring arrives on Earth, and 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 Bruce Wayne claims it, but he is able to like basically overpower the 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 rings like what are the like the, 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 the rings rules that yeah. you can't kill yeah and um is that he has so much darkness in his heart so it's like a he becomes the Dawnbreaker. I love it's like it's so funny it's so silly the concept of like like the Green Lantern ring is pretty silly as it is like it's powered by will and then Batman has is so anything, much is there will. anything in the superhero part, <laughs> part universe that Siobhan is not going to call silly today no they're all so silly that's why I like it um but yeah, I like the concept that he's like just got so much willpower. He has maximum willpower, and so he can kill with his Green Lantern ring. All right, guys, don't question it. Um, and uh, we actually see this, this issue ends with him on uh, on DC's regular Earth, um, t- trying to take down um, Hal Jordan, or finally semi successfully. Uh, and then it looks like while this like evil Joker version of the Batman is rounding up all the Batman on uh, regular DC Earth, Doctor Fate. Is rounding up all of the all of DC's heroes. Fuck, that's a great last panel yeah, too. Yeah, that was a great panel. 
I love Doctor Fate. I know nothing about this current version of Doctor Fate, but I like the, you know, basic concept of yeah, Dr. definitely. Fate. <laughs> these are these are very very fun one shots. Yeah, like, they're silly. They, I, I, could, I would almost like prefer this to the actual event, just like mm. weird one shots because I, I hate. I, my biggest problem with Snyder's writing, who's writing the main event, is he never knows how to end his stories as great as he begins them. Yeah, totally. And so I'm dreading just like that final issue is going to be like, ah! This sucks. But it'll, he'll never be able to take these one shots away from me. Um, and next, the next one we get is um, the Aquaman Batman, which is the uh, like weird oh, pirate, yeah. pirate lady. lady Batman. Cool. And it's called The Drowned. Mm. Mm, fun stuff. Sounds good. Uh, that was only half of the number ones DC put out. We've got two more to go, and they're both team-up books with other publishers. Um, DC and Dynamite teamed up for the second iteration of the coupling of The Shadow and the Batman. And Batman. Uh, we got Batman and The Shadow through DC, which just finished last week. And this week through Dynamite, we get The Shadow and Batman, which has been written by Steve Orlando, who, funnily enough, also co-wrote with Snyder the um, Batman and The Shadow series. Uh, and art on this one, which I loved, is by Giovanni Timpano. Um, this extremely European yeah. um, artwork all the way through. Um, this story uh, involves Professor Pig, who has been um, kind of working with the, the demons from the Shadows world. Did you enjoy, enjoy this? Yeah, I did. I, really, I think I may have actually enjoyed this more than the DC book. Yeah, this was really good fun. This was like, um, I really liked this version of Professor Pig. I don't I haven't read that many Professor Pig stories, so I don't They're know if he always makes maybe. oinky noises and stuff like that, but I liked how played for laughs. You've read Morrison's was. Batman and Robin. Not, no, not really. Oh, like wow. bits and pieces, but never fully. And it's one of those things that I keep meaning to like, you know, if I didn't have 50 comics to read a week, <laughs> I'd go back and read it. Hey, you had all those weeks off for some reason a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were you doing? Nothing. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's more of the same. It's these two 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 heroes with a ton of history. Their mm-hmm. worlds colliding. Um, I love that in this in this comic, uh, Damien has moved away from Gotham and now is in New York, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to track down, um, trying to solve this mystery of the shadow before Batman does. Fun stuff. Really good fun. Yeah, I think I might end up. I, I could see myself enjoying this one more than the DC version. Mm. Now I'm going to hand full reviewing reins over to you for this one. <laughs> um, Harley and Ivy of uh, DC's Gotham City Sirens fame. Uh, meeting Betty and Veronica from Archie in this team up between DC and Archie, written by by Paul Dini and uh, Mark and Draco, um, with art by Various. We'll get there somewhere. You, yeah. you start talking about it, I'll tell you who the artist is. Yeah, look, um, I mean, a key thing about this artist is that he draws Midge as a very busty. I, I, actually, I think it's woman. she draws. Oh, really? That's the one thing I remember well, being very surprised that it was drawn by a woman. Yeah, yeah, because. Whoever they are, they draw some busty teens. Laura Braja. There you go, Laura Braja. With colors by Tony Avina and Arif Prianto. Um, key thing about this is the cover is excellent. Yeah, it's by Amanda beautiful Connor. Amanda Connor cover with like really good fun. Also, I quite enjoyed this way yeah. more than I thought I was going to. Because Paul I, Dini did it. Yeah, yeah. I think Paul Dini. I would be very happy to see him write an Archie comic because I think he has a really fun grasp of the characters and the situation he came up with a really excellent evil um Hiram Lodge plot yep where he's sort of um created a a free college but it only teaches like terrible evil subjects and he's gonna um drain a swamp to do it and so Poison Ivy is like we have to go to Riverdale and solve it and I like that there wasn't any sort of oh we have to go to an alternate universe they all just they live in the same America, guys. That's how crazy America is. 
the DC universe and the Archie universe. That's kind of how all of these coincide. DC crossovers have happened because the same mm. thing happens in the, the Batman and the Shadow things. Like they're both aware of each other in these books. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a much fun. better way to do it. Yeah. I um yeah I like this I like this kind of slightly bitchy sassy version of Betty I thought that was pretty funny mm-hmm. yeah it was good what yeah. do you think did you yeah I I really enjoyed it I thought um the one one criticism was that it um the characters felt way more in line with Riverdale the TV right. show than it did like classic Archie but I guess that kind of works yeah but that's just the world that we live in now Riverdale <laughs> is more popular than the Archie comic strips are ever gonna be oh, so we all have to just deal with that. Um, and I loved that we got like a whole bunch of like, uh, you know, Betty and Veronica trying on different Halloween costumes together. Yeah, the bit where they dress up as Spy vs. Spy was probably my favorite. <laughs> but then they ended up settling on Poison Ivy and uh, Harley Quinn. But um, like the sluttiest version yeah. of Harley Quinn ever that Betty dresses as. Pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be reading the rest of this series. Um, I thought it was really fun and silly. And I'm with you on the Paul Dini doing a, a Batman, uh, sorry, an Archie Archie run. Although it just this, at this scene, just this point, it just kind of seems like, hey, are you old? You should do an Archie run. Like, <laughs> are you an old man who doesn't talk to teenagers anymore? Have we got a job for you? Um, actually, incidentally, the next two writers uh, who did an Archie book that we're about to talk about right now, um, I don't think uh, they're not they're not crotchety old men. They're not crotchety old men. Um, we're talking about the Archies number one. Uh, which was written by Alex Segura and Matthew Rosenberg, who were the writing team between, behind um, the Archies Meet the Ramones, which mm-hmm. we really enjoyed, and then a recent um, Archies kind of one-shot that we did not enjoy at all. Um, that that book had uh, art by Joe Eisma, and he is the artist on this one. Um, and uh, this is an ongoing series about basically Archie, uh, Betty, Veronica, Reggie, and Jughead um, in a band and uh, how hard it is to be in a band when you're teens. And they try and try and play shows and get I just, things moving and yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed how hard I just stopped myself from rolling my eyes really hard. I just don't care about teens having bands. I really enjoyed this. Oh, I, yeah? I went in kind of expecting to dislike it like the, that, that one shot, but I thought actually this was quite fun. Yeah. There's just something about this that just doesn't appeal to me. And I think it's because I was so firmly not a cool teen that I'm like still resentful of the cool teens who had bands. I mean, I was in bands, I'm gonna be but in I was library. not cool. Yeah. Maybe I came out of my shell because of bands, though, and then and then I was just a real smart ass because of that weird yep. uh, burst of confidence that you get when you sing a Pixies song in front of <laughs> the, the, the arts showcase full of parents that don't know what song you're singing. There's no feeling quite like it. There's nothing like it in the world, guys. <laughs> Aww. Let's find photos of that. Um, yeah. Look, if we hit $250, you, you can get... You'll, we're gonna, I'm going to release the photo of me with, with my fez. Amazing. And three hundred dollars, I'll release whatever footage I can find of me singing uh, with my various bands that I was a member of for Cute. thirty seconds. I, the funniest thing about that was that I, I couldn't play an instrument, so I was just the singer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Archie's is um, funnily enough avoiding um, the uh, the arts and drama showcases of the high school world that I was privy to. Immediately is, going on tour. That's right. Um, and uh, apparently, a whole bunch of actual real life bands are going to show up in this in this book. Oh. Um, which will further make you feel less cool because you won't know who they are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll be like, "What is this?" Um, I enjoyed this. Get me my glasses. I thought it was fun. I'll, I'll, if you don't want, uh, yeah, there you go. The um, the issue number two features a big guest star appearance: the Scottish indie pop trio Churches. Oh, I've heard of them, but only because Jamie McKelvey drew us posters for them. Oh, great! There you go. <laughs> Comics making Siobhan cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you're not going to stick oh, with that one? I enjoyed that one. I thought uh, it was fun. Look, I probably will because I'm an idiot, but I think I'll probably resent every issue that I read. 
I just I, I think I also enjoyed it because um in the regular Archie book like Reggie's in jail and everyone yeah. fucking hates Reggie and in this one they're they're all like <laughs> they're all friends and they're a all band. friends in a band. I, I like that. That was fun. Yeah, that's nice. Let's talk about images number ones for the week. Uh, starting with uh, a new book uh, written and drawn by Dan Panosian, who I remember just from I did like it like a an X Men miniseries okay. years ago. I feel like um, I've never heard of him. Uh, I bet you if I look up his, his rap sheet, you'll be like, oh, that guy. Right. Um, but this is a, a new book um, out through Skybound, an image called Slots. Which sounds dirty. And Slots is a kind of like glorious um, celebration of the Las Vegas underworld mm. of, uh, of gambling, of, uh, of, of strip shows and burlesque, um, underground boxing rings, uh, and, uh, and, and the sketchy characters within this world. Yep, dishonest tarot card readers, <laughs> the power of luck. Yep. I loved this so much. You know this what, was so good. It really reminded me of, and in a great way, like like things should remind me of this more mm. often, is of uh, is uh, Darwin Cook's Parker series. Mm-hmm. Um, which but is more a, fun. I mean, like, those are, some of those are very fun. fun but, but they're yeah, also like very pretty grim. grim. Yeah, you're right. Um, proper sort of noir stuff. This is kind of, this reminds me of like the character, the lead character has a sort of Jack Burton, uh, what's his name? Oh no, um, yippee ki yay! Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. There we go. Sorry, like Bruce ja- Willis. Jack, what's his name from? Yep. John oh my John good McLean. god, Jack John McClane. <laughs> Thanks, Nacho Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Willis kind of vibe about him, um, and I was really into it. There's a lot that I love about this. Also, his son, who's like this extra handsome boxer with like a scarred face and a cool tattoo on his back, whose name is Lucy. Yep. Cool. Yeah, so it's about this bloke, uh, Stanley, who who has been kind of like living a, a life on the road for many years. And uh, he can, you know, he knows he has to at some point return to his home of Las Vegas. Um, and after he, he, he skips out on paying the bill for one last diner breakfast, we see him kind of dig up a box of his old belongings, including a gun, and then return to uh, where he used to live and work. And you can tell that he ditched ditched Las Vegas in, in a hurry at some point years ago. And so we see him kind of reunite with a lot of old, old friends. Um, and uh, you can tell that it's going to get pretty dark and crime-filled. Mm. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm all the way on board for this. Yeah, It looked fantastic. His art's stellar. Yeah, it's such an incredible-looking book. And the layouts are really, really fun and easy to follow too. Yep. Top marks. I enjoyed every part of this. I'm really looking forward to where this is going. And I like how lived in all the characters look. Like, yeah, there's like pretty people and everyone looks a bit kind of dazzling, but they all have a bit of grit to them. Definitely. Yeah, it was good fun. Really, really fun fun book that I'm looking forward to. That was probably to. my favorite. Probably, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know well, why I'm trying to be, I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to be Levens, but it was my it. favorite was, number one of the, the week. Best, the best ever. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> it's the best ever comic, guys. Um, yeah, I, I think certainly my favorite image um, number one in a long while too. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Um, and uh, we got another number one this week, um, which is the the first part of the third in a vague trilogy. Oh, okay. By this creative team. Uh, written by James Tinney uh, in the fourth um, with art by Eric Donovan. Um, Eric Donovan and colors by Dee Kniff. Uh, it's called Eugenic. Um, and uh, I can't even tell you what, what it follows, but it's out through Boom. Sorry, not Image. It's through Boom. It looks like an Image book. Yeah. That's why I thought it was Image. Um, and uh, this is an, like an incredible, big, dense number one issue mm-hmm. um, with uh, in, in an amazing amount of world building. Um, it's set in uh, 2022. Um, there was an enormous uh, virus 
that uh, Mississippi Delta virus. That's right. Also known as the red cough or the pox, uh, took the lives of more than uh, 700 million people. Whoa! In a decade, um, all over the world, and uh, we meet uh, Dr. Cyrus Crane, who was a young uh, geneticist um, who basically came up with the, the cure. And uh, in doing so, he also came up with a, uh, a, a, med- a medicine that allowed uh, women to fall pregnant again. Um, and uh, we learn in this issue that he had much bigger plans than mm. just uh, curing humanity um, for, th- for this one time and allowing women to be able to fall pregnant again. What do you think? I really liked this. This is unreal, it's right? It's horrifying. But, man super enjoyable and I'm really excited to see where it goes and really like taking the basic concept of eugenics to like this completely extreme end is it's good fun this is a good fun I I read this very very happy that you uh, read this after giving birth yes (laughs) absolutely Um, I think I would have had nightmares but this is an extraordinary high concept book that Mm. that just delivers on, on all fronts um, and and I have no idea what the hell is going to happen next because no- two hundred years later. Oh, really? Look, it says I just noticed that. Sorry, it says next two hundred years later. Wow, because I was going to say because like at the at the end of this issue, like none of the none of the characters are left standing. Absolutely. And I, well, obviously, if it's two hundred years later, there wouldn't be. As and well. we're left with this kind of in two generations, the human race is going to look completely different and act completely different too. and be different apparently and so i'm really like i love this setup and i'm really excited to see where it goes next and i really loved the character who does the main character who does something yeah you know, many would see as evil and terrible but also you kind of see why he did it absolutely like it's this incredibly relatable sacrifice but hard yeah yeah really really great stuff check it out eugenic um out now through boom part one of three um, and uh, I need to look up what, what this is a, a bigger series of. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this issue for sure. James um, Tinian IV, is a, he, is a good, he is a good writer man. Yeah, you know, I've never read The Woods. Everyone goes on about no, how good I that book is. I should read that. Yeah, one day. Um, I've got another book right here, number one that we were, we've been talking about for weeks now. Oh, my God. It's The Valiant's new number one, uh, The Teaming Up. If you thought, if you thought Harley, Ivy, and, and Batman uh, and... Betty and Veronica was crazy. If you thought The Shadow and Batman again was crazy, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Valiant gave us Shadow Man, the uh, Valiant classic character, teaming up with Atlanta real-life rap duo, Race Remed. I have a lot of questions about this. Like, do Valiant go around to various rap duos and be like, do you want to do a Shadow Man comic? Or does Race Remed go, guys... We'd love to be in a Valiant comic. Well, I think they... How does this happen? They do have a, um, a, a, a slight, a very small history with comics mm-hmm. um, in that they, for whatever weird reason, were featured in a one-off variant for um, when uh, Sam Wilson became Captain America. I remember that. Um, I have that variant. It's really, really great. It's just like them kind of like cheering in the background while holding up a sign that says no flex zone. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, and... Uh, this I, I don't maybe if that that was all the connection that that Valiant needed to get them involved, but uh, this is like a, a retelling of that kind of classic tale of a uh, a blues guitarist going to the crossroads and uh, making a deal with the devil to to be the greatest guitarist that ever was, um, and then we see Race Remed meet a new white devil 
in, yes. uh, in, in, you know, like a few years ago after they, we basically see their beginnings as humble mattress sellers. <laughs> is this true? Is this the true history know. of Ray Stromard? Um, I mean, ignoring all the Shadow Man stuff? Were well, they mattress It's two brothers. People? I know that. It's two brothers. And I know one of their names is she- Sway Lee. Cool. And then the other one's name is Jim, which does that mean that his name's Jim Lee? So maybe Ooh. that's the comics connection too. <laughs> um, and then they, they make a deal with the devil too. Look, this is not a good comic. I thought it was extremely silly and I enjoyed yeah. it still. I I think I enjoyed it less because I'm like an old man inside and I like I know the ba- like I know who Race Rumid are. I'm aware of their music. That's about it. I, it's it's so goofy. Like yeah. like seeing real world counterparts taken like in this absolutely ridiculous story and having like the manager talk about like their new single, which is co- and the new <laughs> single is called like at one point we see a speech trouble. It says, "Okay, guys, let's talk about the new single." Everybody's going crazy for perplexing Pegasus. Yeah, it's gonna be huge. Is that a real? That's thing? a real thing. Oh man, that's, that, that, that's the latest single. It's a pretty that's good great. single, um, but yeah. I think that, but I think this proves that if you're coming to this from the perspective of being a race Rumid fan, there's something for you in it. Definitely. If you're coming to it from the perspective of liking Shadow Man. Probably not going to be for you. Like, if I was Race Remit, I would love this comic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was written by uh, Elliot Rahal with art by Renato Guedes. Oh, it was pretty cool. Like, way better than this book deserves. Yeah, totally. Um, I was like, oh, this is like painted. This is beautiful. Yeah, well, it's painted so it avoid it, 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 it's realistic without being photorealistic. Mm. It, it, I think it suits it really well. Valiant, Valiant have a lot of good painted artists like that. Mm. Nice. Um, Shadow Man and Race Remed, number one of hopefully 100. Oh, man. Unfortunately, it's a one-shot. But, um, I, I, would, I would read more of these bizarre adventures. <laughs> um, has there been, been any like real-life music counterpart? I remember like, there was an Eminem and Punisher comic years ago. Oh, I'm that sure. That sucked. There are, there's, this happens all the time, um, but it never, I don't think it's ever been like. There's not a classic Well, the, 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 there's example. a lot of good bands. Like that Archie and Ramones, that was a great book. I feel yeah. like Ramones have been featured, and they've, apparently they've, they've even been good kids' book comics. But although our track record, record of reading them has been uh, the opposite, but I don't like Kiss comics. Uh, I don't really like Kiss. No, who does? They, you weren't made for loving them. I was baby. not. Um, let's talk about Voltron number one, D- Legendary Defender volume two number one. I re- only read this because it was out through Lion Forge. Yeah, I didn't read this because it said volume two. Um, well, I think the first volume is the Netflix series. So oh. this all this falls at some point in the middle of the Netflix series. I don't know, whatever. Voltron, it's a bunch of kids. They control robotic cats and then the robotic cats form together and they're a big robot. Nice. Um, and Is that it? Yeah, this was like a, just kind of like a goofy comedy featuring kids that had access to big robots that could become a mech. Cool. Uh, I'd rather read... Met Cadet U, mm-hmm. and that, an issue issue three of that is coming out next week. So thank goodness. Just listen to our review of that. But yeah, this is the first bad line, not bad, first not for me Lion Forge book, and you know I should have known from the front cover alone, Voltron. It ain't for me. Fair enough. It did make me want to actually go and watch the Netflix series because I think if this, this is a cartoon, I'd enjoy it. Mm. Um, another cartoon that had a number one uh, comic and another fucking no- but Cullen. But you thought you were safe. Oh my god! From a Cullen Bun. I, I was not expecting to see his name appear on this. Yeah, this that's a the, surprise. The first issue of The Tick to coincide with a new live-action series featuring The Tick that's out now through on Amazon or something. Um, written by Cullen Bun and Jimmy Z, with um, art by I don't know who. Uh, Pas Paskovich. Nailed Douglas Paskovich. There you go. Um, and this was um, really hard to get through. It was like a <laughs> farm. It was a comedy book, but not for kids. 
Uh, and I feel like comedy comics about superheroes that aren't all ages humor. Like it, well, this is still, unless it's like the pro. It's not dirty this yeah. in any way at all. It, but it's just like kind of like I don't know. I, I, all the jokes fell flat for me, and I, yeah. I just it was a real slog to get through. Um, but again, I don't have a big connection to the, the tick as a character, so I know nothing about it. Spoon, that's a thing. That's a thing. At one point, he says spoon in French. Whoa! Because he is being a French guy for a bit. I don't know. Whatever. It's very funny. It was. A, it's a, this was a bit of a chore. But uh, look, if you're a tick fan and you enjoyed this, let us know. Uh, the books that I read that Siobhan didn't continue Yay. with Hackslash versus Siobhan. Vampirella. I just haven't never read Hackslash and I just, it seemed beyond me. I barely understand the concept of Vampirella. Is she a vampire? Is she a vampire killer? Is she a vampire her or umbrella? <laughs> or an umbrella. She's a cross between a vampire nice. and umbrella. Nailed it. Great. Uh, so this is written by Sean Aldridge and uh, Rafael Labosco. Again, I have no connection to either of the franchises before this, um, but before reading, I flicked through and looked at the artwork, and it's like Eduardo Riso. Oh, it is unbelievable what? art all the way through. That's These so nice. Brilliant pencils oh, and man. great block colors, um, and it's just a, a story of, I guess, the hack slash guys um, investigating like murders and monsters, and Vampirella's doing the same. Um, and uh, it's fun. It's oh, bloody it and gory. I'm totally going to keep reading it because the yeah. art was, was was exceptional. Who's, uh, who's on the art? Uh, it is uh, Rafa Labosco with yeah. colors by Chris O'Halloran. Well, good job, team. Out through dynamite. Look, if uh, if if you uh, like horror comics, especially well well drawn ones, definitely give this one a shot. That's very very well done. Um, we've got two more number ones to go, and they're from the losers of the comic book week, and Bunch that is jokes. Marvel. Um, we've got, oh, it's so funny. We, we complained about how bad they were for, um, you know, partnering with a war manufacturer, but I'm about yeah. to sing the praises about one of their characters at war. Yeah. Um, Punisher, the platoon sees, uh, the team of Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov, uh, return to the Punisher, the world of the Punisher, Punisher Max to be, uh, precise. Uh, the last thing they did together was the excellent Fury Max series, which, uh, Frank Castle was actually, uh, in a few issues of. Um, and uh, we get colours on this one doing great work to uh, G- Goran Parlov's uh, art. Uh, Jordi Belair working mm. for these guys, with these guys for the first time. Uh, this is the kind of Garth Ennis that I love reading. It is the completely joke-free, super dry. Um, dry is yeah. absolutely what I would say about this. Uh, it's, you know, extremely se- serious tone. If you don't like war comics, you don't like this side of Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis loves war. Well, but he doesn't. It's not. He doesn't think war is a good thing. He's he's just very he well. It's cool. No, I don't think he does. <laughs> like I think he's like, you know, he, he always. It's always the horrors of war, and he, I think he, you know, he always wants to pay respect to those who mm. fought in them, um, and and always likes pointing out what all the fucked things in those wars are as well. And uh, this is all about. Uh, apparently, this is going to this this miniseries is going to document Frank Castle's first kill. When he's uh, stationed oh. in Khaesan in the uh, Vietnamese War, right? Okay, I enjoyed like the the beginning and end, like the thing that kind of bookends this issue is someone um, a writer, a writer coming to talk to the other members from Punisher's platoon. Yes, um, and I quite enjoyed those bits. I didn't really enjoy the flashback bits just because it was so like I felt like I didn't understand what was going on because it was too realistic almost like it was too war speak and i didn't understand i don't know enough about the vietnam war to really be able to be like ah that's she's, what's she's going only on. fought she's only done one one term i've only been in the korean war um but I've, a lot of people have been comparing this to uh the recent um documentary on the vietnam war by ken burns oh okay um and uh 
Garth Ennis is. I don't know. I, I I like. I love this kind of Garth Ennis. I'm not. I'm not a war aficionado by any stretch of the word. Mm. Um, but I, I I really enjoy this, and I enjoy the take his take on the Punisher through the war as a soldier that never wanted to leave the war. Um, I think is a really strong portrayal that uh, Garth Ennis and, and Goran Parlov's art is fucking incredible. Come on. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. looking book. I think I just, I feel fundamentally weirdly, <laughs> for someone who reads like a lot of violent comics and like quite enjoys the concept of vigilantism, I find war comics quite uncomfortable. Um, and so I think this is probably a pass for me. But the, it looks beautiful and Geordie Blair's colours are amazing as always. Did you think and this gl- is the best version of Ennis. Yeah, definitely. Do you think it glorifies it too much or... It- or it just, or it just is war know. and that enough is enough to turn you off? I sort of felt like it was a little bit... It's not quite... I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words properly, but it just makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, you should check out Fury Fury Max, yeah. My War Gone By, which again is, is, is as much a war comic as this is, but it's 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 from a different point of view mm. that you might be more comfortable reading. That's mm. probably my favourite. One of my That and Punisher Max are like my favourite Garth Ennis books. And Goran Parlov was with him for most of both of those runs. I should check them out. Very good stuff. Um, my, the final number one we're going to talk about this week is uh, a Marvel Legacy book. One of the many books I read this week that had a stamp in it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that's about, but I was weirdly excited by it. Just because I think well, So you, you're meant to clip them all out. And then do what with and them? And then there's a, they're going to sell you a, uh, a stamp like folder for you to put <laughs> all your Marvel Legacy stamps in. Just collect them, guys. You don't need a folder. Make your own folder. <laughs> yeah, draw your own stamps. Yeah. <laughs> and put them on letters and send them to your grand- grandparents. They'll love it. Cute. Um, Spirits of Vengeance, uh, issue number one. Uh, a new book uh, featuring Blade and Ghost Rider and... Damon Hellstrom. Damon Hellstrom and Satana. Um, written by Victor Gishler and uh, David Baldion on art with uh, colors by Andre Mosser. Uh, I like this. This yeah. is way more my speed. Really? You like this more than that excellent Punisher the Platoon book? All right. Yeah, absolutely. No judgment coming from over here, obviously. <laughs> it had Blade in it. Immediately better. It didn't have enough Blade in it. Counter. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> it didn't have any Satana in it. This is a getting the band together um, first issue that um, I think, you know, for its weird hiccups, um, I think this will actually eventually be quite a fun series. It is funny seeing, like, the panel, like, the... the um, next issue's front cover has them all kind of there together and it's very funny like you would feel very awkward being Satana being the only one in your underpants you'd be like oh guys I thought we were all wearing our underpants today yeah but she's also the daughter of the devil but, but oh, yeah, yeah her, so her, is Damon Hellstrom and he's wearing a suit a full suit and he, he's regularly shirtless what's yeah, going on what? she has horns and like no no underpants on <laughs> anyway it's good I was still into it. <laughs> great, it, it's got great thighs. She's got great thighs. They, got, they also have thighs. good gyms in hell. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is uh, this is the start of what what could be good, but not enough to kind of properly judge a, uh, a series on. I like the, the first art. Issue. It looked a little bit like yeah, digitally, Baldian's great. but it looks cool. Well, so this is a problem that we're going to get to later when we eventually talk about Marvel books. But I think the uh, the coloring on a lot of the Marvel books this week was terrible. Uh, really, yeah. they're really going for that awful photorealistic kind of. Yeah, yeah. Texture? I don't know what it is. We'll get yeah. to it later. Um, should we talk about other publishers now that we finish all Ooh, the first things first? That's fun. Um, we're just like breaking the rules this week, guys. Well, look, when, when, a, when a publisher partners with a war, <laughs> a, a, a gun manufacturer, then we can do whatever the fuck we want because the days that we're on this earth are limited, Siobhan. Take that, Marvel. <laughs> we're going to talk about Dark Horse. Woo! Um, 
I didn't read any Dark Horse. Okay, books. well, let's talk about Lion Forge because yeah. one of our favorite series ended this week, and that is uh, Terry Labrosse's Ab Arato, which means From Anger, which was a crazy future story about um, uh, a virus and pharmaceuticals and the government and a strike and rebels and one woman who has superpowers for some reason. I loved how almost irrelevant. She, like not irrelevant but she was such a minor part of this book totally in a way that i really enjoyed like you think that they would spend this whole six issues kind of exploring like who is she how'd she get superpowers what's she gonna do with them but they what? they sort of cover that really efficiently and then she's not the focus of the book well i, I think that, that really i think that's what all of these lion forge books that we've been reading recently does really really well is that you have this like crazy concept in the middle of this incredibly well-built world mm-hmm. um and uh I uh, I was I was sad to say goodbye to Aberato's world, but I fucking enjoyed this finale. Absolutely. Wrapped it up really, really nicely. Such a beautiful issue. Like, the whole way through, the colours on this book have been incredible, and the art is beautiful. And I loved this ending. I think it's going to be, like, a really great graphic novel. Yeah, and we should point out, I think we should make a, make a point of this as well. This was translated by Jeremy Malul, who works for um, Lion Forge. And I think, uh, you know, I'd, obviously... They have some I, great translators. I, yeah. I, so this is... This one was set... No, Jazz Maynard is the one set in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Aberrado is set in Montreal. Yeah. Um, so I assume, obviously, this is yeah, written written in French to begin with, which I can't speak, but the localization has been is very, very great. Mm-hmm. Never felt disjointed or, or odd or, you know, just like, you know, weirdly translated. It was exceptional. Um, man, there is a, there is one panel where the where the girl puts her arm back on. Oh my god! I yeah, that, panel. that looked amazing. I would I would buy that panel. Yeah, this is a really unexplained unexplained book of a <laughs> woman using her mind to put her arm back on. Yeah, that's awesome. Beautiful, so great. Um, and talk about an excellent like climactic action finale. Yeah, absolutely. Unreal. Great stuff, everyone. Uh, I don't know if they're going to release this in trade. Apparently, it's not even available digitally. Oh, really? But, um, God, I love Lion Forge. Yeah, no, they're, so, they're such rule breakers. But uh, yeah, track these issues down or, or email them, find out about this trade. We'll let you know when it eventually comes out. Yeah. They've got some amazing stuff on the way, too. Oh, my um, goodness. Including the finale of a book we're about to talk about next, which is Jazz Maynard, um, written by Raleigh with art by Roger. Um, and this is uh, set in in, uh, in Barcelona. This is the fifth issue, part five. Um, with uh, Jazz Maynard has uh, has returned from a life of crime in New York to his home and uh, basically finds himself back in the thick of it. And uh, this issue took me so long to read, but I enjoyed every panel of it because this uh, there is just so many different plot lines and different groups of people coming together, united. I was the most hilarious moment was the re- remembering that this all started because of a stolen coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have like all these people dead and at war over this stolen coin that seems just so tiny. Again, like it's like the the superhero in um in uh, Aberrado. Um, it just you know it, it, it's a tiny little piece of this enormous elaborate puzzle that they're telling in this book. Yeah. This was the like this was the book that I saved to read last um, as like a special treat, and I spent like a good half hour just poring over it because um, every issue is so beautiful, every panel is so beautiful. Like the colors are amazing, the story is super intricate, and that like all these characters are so developed and have so much going on in their personal lives yeah. that um, you know might get covered, might not. But I God, I just loved it. The, my only problem is that the gang boss Judas and uh-huh. the um, don't trust a guy called Judas. The young, the young policeman mm-hmm. look way too similar. Yeah, but Judas doesn't have a scruffy beard. 
That's right. how you tell That's them apart. Tell. They both have like long flowing blonde hair, like platinum blonde hair. Everyone in this book is like ludicrously beautiful. Uh, no, Even uh, the ugly people. Well, they're the ugly. They're like 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 that gorgeous kind of like enormous monstrosities. Yeah. Yeah. I so love all the, all the bodyguards and stuff like that. They have these like real fucked up, beautiful faces. <laughs> it's the best. What a great book, man. I love um, it. So I didn't actually so say... is it going to finish at six issues? Well, I, I'm assuming, but I, I could be very wrong. And like I hope I'm wrong. It could go forever. Yeah, that's, that's really. very like, true. It's such a... Um, like Jazz Maynard as a character is so great. I feel like you could tell so many stories with him. To be concluded in 30 days. So yeah, yeah one more issue. There you go. Dang it. There's a um, little preview in the back of this issue as well of a new Lion Forge graphic novel. Um, called The Ghost of Gaudi, which looks amazing. Which I actually, I actually bought digitally um, earlier in the year, oh, cool. not realizing that they were about to re-release it. So, yeah, yeah um, I'm looking forward to, to that one too. Um, I the comic I saved till last this week was uh, Terry Moore's Motor Girl issue number nine. Finally remembered to pick up another second last issue. We've got one more issue of this left, which oh is God, a real really? sad, sad thing. But it's, it's you know it's it's an incredible story about PTSD with a bunch of completely nutball shit in it, like you know the. Uh, we have aliens, a, aliens, and a big gorilla that only our main character can see. I love so much that this book started off, and you were like, "Oh, is she imagining both, or is one real and one's imaginary, or are both imaginary?" And now we're at the point where you're pretty sure that the giant talking gorilla is imaginary, but the UFOs they're real. Yeah, <laughs> that's really the fun. alien that only says "bick." Yeah, who's developed this really beautiful relationship with a secret serviceman who was supposed to come and take him down oh, yeah i love it this was thrilling to read just to, like you know the, it's able to balance so many uh like elements you know that there's moments of, of, of really warm comedy but then these very genuine moments of care between the characters and concern mm-hmm. and and it, and it while it you know has all these like goofy alien subplots and kind of like uh buffoon kind of bodyguard mm. you know uh slapstick humor mm. um you also have just like like really believable dealing with ptsd yeah within this that uh yeah i think it's just it's just a it's a very rare book this one absolutely somehow it manages to be really emotionally impactful and funny and sad and just straight up enjoyable. Yeah, I love this. I love so much about this. I love the older character of Libby. She's, She's so brilliant. beautiful. Such a great character. Um, and uh, yeah, so it looks like everything's coming to a head in the next issue um, when the, a bunch of aliens <laughs> come to Earth for some reason. Yeah. But that's like again, like, like another very tiny part of what makes this book so great. And um, it, it, you know, it, it, that could be one page of the next issue, mm. and then the rest of it be about the very personal relationships within it, or even just the personal problems that our main character is dealing with. And there um, was such a. I thought. Sorry. There's just such a beautiful moment where you sort of realize why she imagines this big, strong gorilla. Like, it sort of becomes really clear when she's like, I have to be the strongest person in the room. And the gorilla's like, cool, then why am I here? And you're like, oh. Yeah, that's like, brilliant. Ugh, what a beautiful moment. So great. Um, we've got one more issue of this left. And um, I think uh, because of how much I've loved this, I, I owe it to myself and him and himself too. I'm going to read everything Terry Moore's ever done. Yeah, Jim from Kings has been pressuring me to do that since I started working there. So <laughs> I should probably get on that. Don't do it for Jim though do it for Terry <laughs> do it for the character of Motor Girl <laughs> um, let's talk man it was so many good I, like, I feel like we're really like, blowing our load very early by talking about <laughs> all of these great books now um, <laughs> it's, well, it's a term that enter everyone lexicon right yeah, now no, no one is literally pitching me <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eleanor on the Aggregate issue number four 
<laughs> uh, through Aftershock that came out this week, by written by John Lehman. I didn't realize that's who wrote, writes Chew. Yeah, I'm sure I we've know. discussed this before, but I forgot I'm and then rediscovered it every it time. Is the issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, this uh, is another uh, second last issue of uh, of this book. It's got one more to go. Um, of this uh, hilarious, uh, you know, so weird. funny, weird comedy, what a weird book uh, about a um, an egret who teams up with. Uh, a would-be art thief, mm-hmm. um, and he—he he, or he, it turns out he's the art thief because he just—he all he can eat is art, and whenever mm. he eats art, he grows. Mm. Um, and then there's like the the artist whose artworks they're eating has hired like a killer, and the the bulk of this issue was was like the, the egret versus the killer, and it was mm. such a fun and satisfying conflict. Yeah, this book is so weird. It's so hard to describe because like the the look of it is so unique like I don't I can't think of anything else that looks like this book like I don't it's kind of semi-Victorian but then also kind of set now none of the characters are really attractive or look good everyone looks kind of a bit weird um but I, I love it. Some of the art is extremely polished and then other art looks like he kind of just like did his first pencils and just like, oh, I colour that in. Yeah, and it kind of almost looks like it was coloured in pencil. Yeah. But in a way that I like. It's really, really rare. This is like absolutely one that I recommend everyone pick up when it comes out in trade. Just at least just go and look at it. And even if you think it doesn't look like it's for you, just give it a go. Because I didn't think it was going to appeal to me and then I really enjoyed every single issue. This is a great book, right? Yeah, and the yeah. like the letters are so good. Yeah. So absolutely. well lettered. All Definitely. of the um I don't know who did the letters. Oh, John Lehman did the letters. There you go. But what's crazy is that some of the word balloons have been drawn and even filled in by Sam Keith. Yes. Though and that's the weirdest bit. Those bits really look like they've been done in colored pencil. Yeah, yeah. But I love it. It's all great. It all, all, all adds to it. Um, this is this is a great book, and uh, um, everything's going to finish uh, next month. A lot of great books finishing next month. Mm. Um, I read. Uh, what are you talking about? What you got? You got? You got Sherlock. Yeah, I'm still reading the Sherlock manga series because it's silly and good fun. And this, I like this arc. It's good. The Great Game. It's all the Moriarty stuff. I'm going to read the final issue just because that stupid pool scene was so dumb, and I really want to see it immortalized in comics. Absolutely. <laughs> um, from. Uh, Dynamite's Atari imprint this week, um, issue number three of Centipede, written by Max Bemis and Ian Marin. Um, I really love the first issue, didn't love the second issue, loved this issue. Um, basically, we see the last man on Earth furiously trying to take down this big, enormous centipede that's killed everyone that he knows and loves and all, all the hundreds of millions of people that he doesn't nice. all over Earth. And uh, it's like comedy with a bit of tragedy and action throughout it. And in the end, there's a massive, like, weird acid trip. Cool. It's got everything going for it. And I think, you know, uh, Max Bemis is is about to do a bunch of big stuff over at Marvel. He's been announced as the Moon Knight writer. Oh, okay. um, and I think this, this comic proves that he's up to scratch. Nice. If he can do a fun hallucina- um, hallucination scene, mm. which is what Moon Knight should have in spades. So he can do it, guys. Um, did you not read Judge Dread the Blessed no, Earth this week? I don't week? know what's wrong with oh, me. I missed it. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, written by... Uh, uh, Ulysses Farinas with Eric Freitas and Daniel um, Irizari. They're actually the, the, the three of them did that great book through Lion Forge that we loved. Um, Cloudy and Rex. Yeah, Cloudy and Rex. Um, and uh, this is with Colors by Ryan Hill. This is a crazy set far into the future um, version of Judge Dredd that opens with him held hostage by a skeleton who's driving like a Mack truck, Mad Mac style through the desert. So annoyed I missed this. Being chased by people who are upset at Judge Dredd for aligning himself with robots. Great. It's completely insane in a way that 
like I knew Dodger was capable of, but not to this degree. And it, it looks and, and is coloured brilliantly. Yeah, just by setting this Judge Dredd story so far in the future, they managed to open up to really be able to do whatever they want with the um, with the universe. Definitely. So fun. Such a good call. Such the, a great idea. One thing I will say, though, is it does not feel British at all. Is that, no. But, I, but Judge Dredd isn't necessarily... British himself. He I don't is think a the British character inven- is. Yeah, you're right. Like it's, it feels fundamentally British because it's this like super on the nose satire, which like I love. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mega City One is meant to be a parody of America, right? I would assume so. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. The many um, ways in which Britain is better than America. <laughs> uh, the last other publisher book I bought this week was uh, published by the other publisher, Dark Horse, uh, and I read. They uh, are the it, other publisher, aren't yeah, they? Issue 162 of uh, Usagi Yojimbo. Uh, written and drawn by the great Stan Sakai. Um, I re- reviewed issue number 161. Like, I grew up with this book, one of the first mm. comics I ever got really, really into. Um, and uh, it's been really fun just jumping back on board because he, he writes these stories that you don't really need to know anything Yeah, I about should just beforehand. jump on. Well, yeah, so this was a two-parter. It's over. So next next issue of this, read it with me. Nice. It's so we'll much do. fun. And, like, it's just like, it's it's everything an all-ages comic should be mm. in that it's, like, it deals with death and, and mystery, but... Not in a gross way, yeah. um, and uh, it's you know I, I love my, one of my favorite things about Asagi comics is that whenever a character dies, you just see this like this word balloon with a skull in it above Amazing. their head, yeah. And um, it's like just I, I would love that on a shirt, just the the, the the death skull word balloon. That's great. Um, everyone should just just pick up the next issue 163 of Asagi Yojimbo. You won't be disappointed. This is yeah, a great come on, series. Guys. Let's do it it's, all. Uh, as good as, as comics can get. It's classic, you know? It feels just so classic. Mm. It's like reading a Golden Age book, but it's been made now and it's really easy to read. Yeah, nice. Cool. Cool. Um, I read half of issue four of Beautiful Canvas, which is written by Ryan K. Lindsay with art by Sammy Cavella, colors by Triona Farrell. Blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> this book looked so good and I wanted to enjoy it so much, but it by issue four, and this is like wrapping up the whole thing, I found it still totally impenetrable. I found that very disappointing. And maybe it'll read amazingly in trade. Maybe there's something that I missed, but I think that this was just trying slightly too hard to be clever and it missed the mark a little bit because I had no fucking idea what was going so on. Is this the final issue? Yeah, this was That's the so final funny. issue. I was like, I can't read another issue of Yeah, this. I was, and I like, gosh, you guys, I wanted to like this on every point. The I art's really brilliant. wanted to like this. Oh, and the colours, both of them are brilliant. Yeah. Pass me that in Sherlock. Um, the, the problem with uh, ending, with, oh, sorry, with beginning with mm. other publishers is that now I think the episode is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, cool, we're done. That was quick. <laughs> um, so do you want to do Image or DC next? Um, let's do let's do DC. DC, okay, okay, cool. Um, we've got a couple of DC books for you to do we now. We didn't even roll a dice. Fuck sorry. you guys. Yeah, fuck the dice. That's what happened. Marvel, Marvel... Uh, Teamed up with an arms dealer. They shot the dice out of my fingers. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a new one. Um, we mentioned it at the start of the episode, Batman issue number 32 came out. The finale of The War of Jokes and Riddles, written by Tom King with art by Mikhail Janin. Uh, in I which- think that I feel like this book is more Mikhail Janin's than Tom King's almost. Like, the, the, the look of this is so strong. Definitely. And his character designs are so great. Yeah. Um, I hope a lot of people take take notes from. Uh, I, I love this version of the Joker, and especially. Please tell me you grew to love this version of the Riddler. I did. I sort of like. There's a there is an element that I hate when it's like, more you thought that this was happening, but actually all the time it was me doing this. But blah, if blah, blah, any blah, blah, character blah. is going to do that, yeah. it's the Riddler. Like 
Like, I get, I get, like, everyone hated Ocean's 12. I get that. I feel your pain. <laughs> but if the Riddler showed up at the end of Ocean's 12 and told you his nefarious plans all along instead of George Clooney, you would have been like, yep, that's fine. But if I would want him to be wearing a bowler hat, not have his shirt unbuttoned well, to his th- navel. That's actually what I was referring to. I was saying, yeah. I, I meant, did you end up growing to love this, this oh, artistically of version of, 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 uh, of the Riddler? Oh, it was fine. Didn't appeal to me. But Do your buttons fine. up, Riddler. Yeah, come on. Goodness gracious, you're in public, man. Yeah, he's got to show off his weird tattoo scar thing. Yeah, what, what is that? Anyway, great, great fight scenes in this. Unbelievably. Such a, like, you know, it's rare that you can say, like, this was choreographed. Yeah, but, like, blow for blow, you knew exactly what was happening in this. Um, and, uh, yes, this, this issue is the, basically you find out what Batman has been uh, withholding, withholding from his soon-to-be bride, uh, Selina Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman. Spoilers, guys. He, uh, the whole point of this arc was uh, so that he could tell her the horrible thing that he, was, uh, that he ended up doing uh, at the end of this war. And we learned that it's skip forward twenty seconds, like a minute, if you don't want to find out what happened. But he um, he went to kill the Riddler. That's right. He, he tried he, to he, kill he crossed, the Riddler with a knife. He crossed his own line and tried to stab Riddler in the face. And of all people, Joker stopped him. And I was really satisfied by that. That was fun. That's like the number one code: Batman doesn't kill. Yeah. Um, and I think if you tried to go bigger than that, it would have been too silly. Yeah. Um, and you know what's fun is that this like this obviously has implications for the future in that now Batman has a wedding to plan and I hope <laughs> that there's infinite issues of Batman choosing table settings <laughs> and will we do bonbonieres? I don't know. I don't know what well, weddings are like. I was going to say, you, you, you hate weddings. Would you, <laughs> if, if you got invited to Batman and Catwoman's wedding, would you go? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I liked this. I did like this a lot. I like yeah. that they had this whole conversation in their underpants yep. for no reason. Great. I like that the Joker has this over Batman now. Yeah, that's good fun. Um, and I, I hope this, this is something that, um, that Tom King explores when, when he inevitably does his present-day Joker story with Batman in this, in this run. Yeah, I want, I want Tom King to just do a straight-up Joker-centric Bat book. Good fun. Will Joker ruin the wedding? Oh, show- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
oh. up and be like, I object in a wedding dress. In the yes, case? Please. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, now will you go? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'll go. If, 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 he's, like, if it's like um, Siobhan plus one. Yeah. And then in brackets, Joker. <laughs> but you have to bring him. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll get ready together. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, this is a great, great run, right? Yeah. Like, and like, like that's sorry, <laughs> the point I was trying to make is that it's a bit self-contained. You know, like this story has happened yeah. and you can just read it. As is, and that's good fun. Definitely. We have fun trade to just give to people as gifts. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> your wedding. Yeah, wedding gift. Perfect. Happy wedding. Um, let's talk about Deathstroke, um, issue number 24. Um, this is uh, written by Christopher Priest, and art on this one uh, is by... Oh, no. Oh, God. That's uh, no, not that hard. Diogenes Neves. Yep, good. Diogenes? Oh, fuck oh, it. Who could say? So I, it's always, whenever I try and go back the second time, it always sounds so much worse. Yeah, it's worse. The confidence is gone. Um, so this uh, is uh, continuing the story of Death, Deathstroke trying to run his own uh, teen superhero team. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one kind of focuses on Kid Flash, who has tried to basically document and record like a video, a, a, an audio diary of his thoughts on everyone on the team as he tries to kind of like work out if, um, if Slade is, is good or not. And uh, Slade basically manages to to turn that all around on him and everyone on the team. He and his play thoughts his on them. diary in front of them. That's so mean. So they all like they all find out that he thinks Power Girl has a good booty. Yes, hilarious. Good job. But in doing this, like you know, very embarrassing story, we see all the times that Kid Flash was present in all of these different meetings featuring mm. all the characters in this book. Mm-hmm. A very clever device to Absolutely. kind of have us peer into different ways to advance the overall plot. Well done, Priest. Absolutely. So much that's enjoyable about this. I love the development especially of... Like, I like that he's taken existing characters like Jericho and Terra who have a really specific history with the Teen Titans and who a lot of, you know, Teen Titans fans have um, significant memories of and done something really cool with them that doesn't feel incongruous but like works and develops the characters. Like, Jericho is a way more interesting character now than he used to be. He used to just be like... I'm silent and have mutton chops. Now he's this kind of slick, bisexual, cool guy. Who can only communicate through Bluetooth. Yeah. (laughs) Hip. Um, And Terra, who's like this super-powered escort. Cool. Yeah. I'm into it. And really proud of herself as well. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Really good. There's a lot lot to really enjoy about this comic. I like that um, Ravager is Eurasian now cool i like that she has like this asian history it just works really well like he's just done a lot of really cool things with these classic characters um that i really enjoy and i yeah. like his version of deathstroke as well he's oh, absolutely. This kind of like yeah, yeah he's like really it. he's still really cold but at the same point time he's mm. uh you, you understand why yeah. he's, he has the warmth to him that i've never seen in the character before and just a bit more realistic he's a little bit less like mustache twiddly and a little bit more he makes a little bad bit more choices yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it. And I like how at the end he goes, oh, shit, I forgot that I've been sent for by this thing. By the society. Yeah. Shop at the end. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to mention. In that Batman, sorry, so long ago, but in First Things First, the new ba- ba- Sean Murphy Batman book, yeah. someone calls someone an asshole. Is that allowed and, now and, and in Harvey, a mainstream? Harvey says shit as well. Yeah. yeah. There's so much, so much swears. It's, in these Elseworlds book, I think you're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I have a TV on I saw on the, it. Um, I read the, the previews for um, the, the Doomsday Clock. Oh, yeah. Which Jeff Johns wrote, and they, they say shit in that too. No because way. they say shit in Watchmen. I didn't think that Jeff Johns knew any swores. No, swears. Any swores? <laughs> any swores. <laughs> um, let's talk about another book that Deathstroke was in. Um, Superman, issue number 32. Breaking Point, uh, part two. Uh, written by... 
um, James Bonney with art by Tyler Kirkham. The art on this is pretty goofy. Y- yeah, uh, it, it, it it feels very throwback. Yeah. Um, in which Deathstroke, Michael Turner-esque. Deathstroke uh, targets Lois Lane, um, but it turns out to all be a way to... And you knew this from the start. He's, he's only doing it to test um, Superman. And it turns out Amanda Waller put him up to this. It was fine. I liked it. Like, that was, it was a fun it was, reveal. Yeah, it was, Sounds like something Amanda Waller would do. I don't think this version of Deathstroke plays well with the version in Priest's book. Mm-hmm. I don't think Agreed. he's... Uh, even, like, when he, like, you know, kidnapped Damien in, that, in his run, mm. it didn't feel as, like... I don't know, like uh, semi-evil and boring, exactly yeah. as he is in this in, in parts. But it's I a get, bit more nuanced I get that it's Bruce. an act for Superman, but even still, it just felt like a bridge too far. Agreed. Um, those are the kind of regular DC books. We've got a bunch of outer DC books. Oh wait, you read? Oh, Green- I, I read. What I read. The fuck, you read Green Arrow? <laughs> I read Green Arrow because it was the final issue of Gotham Resistance, the Dark Knight Metals tie-in, which I have been enjoying. <laughs> um, and so this was like the final the final bit of the maze where it's all revealed what's going on and Mr. Terrific is there, which is great. This wasn't my favorite issue of the run, uh, of the sort of tie-ins, I think, because it ties in too much to the current Green Arrow stuff. But it was still a satisfying sort of finale to the Gotham Resistance thing. And it's kind of like they lose the battle, but they have an important advantage in the war. The war's (laughs) over, guys. It was in this minor tie-in. The end. Should I go back and read all these or no, it's fine. Some of them are genuinely really fun. I enjoyed them a lot. Um, this wasn't the best of them, but it was still pretty cool. So it's that means you, you didn't read another Garth Ennis book this week. I, You know what? I actively did not. You would like this, I think. Yeah. Dastardly and Muttley, issue number two. Uh, the Hanna-Barbera D- DC crossover started last month, uh, written by Garth Ennis, with um, art by Morissette. Um, whenever, you know that Mask Off song by Future? No. Because like Percocet. Oh, yeah, there we go. But I read his name and I think Morissette. Molly, Molly Reset. Anyway, good stuff. Glad I recorded that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, This is like a weird um, plane driving around the world, uh, pumping like cartoon gas Mm. into the world, which makes all these wacky things happen. It's a bit kind of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You get those vibes for sure. And like there are moments of like, all I love about this is that it is, it's, Garth Ennis doing PG comedy. Ooh, that's funny. And so he's it's it, it's really goofy and throwbacking to like you know Acme and Roadrunner and Hanna Barbera stuff. Obviously, I know. All right, guys, I get it. Roadrunner is not part of Hanna Barbera, but it's it feels very much like yeah, yeah. that kind of um, slapstick. <clears throat> At one point, someone gets shot with a massive gun that just fires out big gold bullets that just leave big holes in them in in, in their stomachs and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Feels very Roger Rabbity. Mm. Um, and. Uh, we also see the creation of uh, of what was the big shark's name that made, had a funny laugh? Jabberwock, Jabberjaw, Jabberjaw. You know, yeah. a big purple shark. Anyone? No. Anyone? Oh, tough crowd. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I actually really enjoy this. I don't. I, I don't really need to see a weird, um, grounded origin story of Dick Dastardly and Muttley. No, no but, one does. But this is again. This is the Garth Ennis I like. How this, funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that's like, two very different Garth Ennises, though. Yeah, but I, he. He is a good writer, believe it or not. Like you know, he, the last the last few years of his writing span would would tell you otherwise. But mm. but like he is he is a great great comic book writer when he wants to be, and he absolutely did on this. Um, I also read uh, issue number eleven of Injustice Two, um, written by Tom Taylor, um, and uh, art by somebody. 
that I'll let you know of when I get to it. Nice. I should just let me, maybe I should just write a post-it note on each of these with, with all the, the creative. Nah, that would take time. Um, the art was by pencils by Bruno Redondo, uh, inks by Juan Albaran, and colors by Rex Locus. Um, and uh, this is kind of like. I feel like this is actually nearing the end too, where we see Batman and his team kind of uh, uh, go into um, Rachel Ghoul's little cordoned off kind of temple full, filled with animals and plants. Um, it's fun. You would cool. you would like this. Lots of uh, lots of characters from DC that you don't see enough teaming mm. up and uh, and punching people in the face. Nice. Finally, I read a Vertigo book this week, the finale of Savage Things by Justin Jordan. Um, that was out through Vertigo. It's been going on for eight issues, and this is the finale. Um, and this was about like a uh, like a Secret Service kind of hitman gone haywire and trying to take the entire world down uh, to make to take, take to, in, in an effort to kind of pay back the uh, the evil people that created him and, and his friend. So I dropped off this at like issue two. Was it worth maintaining? Do you think it's a, f- a good package? Final to hold? page. There's, there's a big twist in the final pages mm. that um, I did not see coming and I quite enjoyed. Mm. Um, but as a whole, it was you know yet another Justin Jordan book that resulted in the, the vicious murder of many people. Cool. It's his favorite kind of book. He loves murders. Speaking of which, guess what? Um, book is finally collected in, 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 in its entirety this Ooh, week. what? Um, you'll be able to get the hardcover collected edition of uh, Luther Strode. Oh, cool. Written by Justin Jordan with art by the fantastic Tradmore. Oh, that is a worthwhile thing to have all collected. Um, yeah, I may actually pick that up. Definitely pick that one up. Um, it sounds like we're taking wheeze, but in fact, your lovely boyfriend who has a baby strapped to him and isn't wearing a shirt is pouring his tea. It's my fantasy life. <laughs> Big daddy? You want to call him that? Big baby daddy. Bro. Big baby daddy, right. I'm pants. Oh, baby daddy? Okay, sure. <laughs> um, those are all our DC books. Um, and uh, now I've got some image books to talk about. Good week for image. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Motor Crush. Let's do it. Um, issue number seven, uh, written by Fletcher, Stewart, and Tar. That's Brennan Fletcher and Cameron Stewart, who wrote it with art by Babs Tar. Um, oh, wait, and breakdowns by Jake Wyatt. There you go. And colors by Heather Danforth with Babs Tar. Big, big creative team. Mm. Uh, this is the set in the future uh, racing, like illegal street racing book. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, in this book, the main character, whose name is Motocrush, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, wakes up after two years of being d- disappearing, like she's yeah. disappeared for two years. And uh, we've got a little jump forward and the world, everything she knows about this world has changed. Did I miss the last issue or is it The last just issue a was like a, a kind of, uh, I think, no, I think I you know, no, the last issue was like a kind of, we went back in the past and we, and yeah. we learned the origin stories. I think the issue before that ended with her right. drinking all the crush, oh, that right. weird drug. And then, like, and then it kind of just ended. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, like, she kind of, like, shot into space. Right. Um, yeah, pretty crazy Yeah, she's back. Motor crush is back, everyone. The one and only motor crush is back on the scene. Um, and uh, I love this. And it makes <laughs> me really, really happy that I, I read everything leading up to this point because it, yeah. they've, they've built a very good world here and to be able to jump two years forward in time and maybe invested in how all these characters have changed says you know in just seven issues that says a lot for this series it's a great it like this was a really really great issue as always like it looks incredible babs tar's character designs are like extra hilarious like the hilarious her mechanic former girlfriend who now has a new girlfriend oh no just who looks just like motocrush <laughs> yeah short hair like motocrush yeah um but she just dresses hilariously. Yeah, she's always in like night, night, nightwear. Yeah, she basically walks around in underpants all the time. 
but great. It looks incredible. <laughs> she has pink hair. Yeah. When you got pink hair, you can do anything. Oh, man. I should have known. Um, but that's a lot of maintenance. I couldn't be fucked. Um, but the whole book is very pink. The yeah, color palette right. is decidedly, like, pink. And, but I and love it. It looks Crush great. Crush is pink, too. That's Maybe why. Crush is pink. Maybe that pink-haired ex-girlfriend is, like, the... Uh, the real source She's, she's the real drug. Ah, oh, love is the real drug, guys. Motor Crush, issue seven. It's great iconic. series. Great, great issue. Um, yeah. Looking forward to seeing where this goes, too. Because um, like, sometimes with books, when they take a big jump forward, that becomes the norm. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. like, okay, in a few moments, she's Looking at jump. you, animosity. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're going to suddenly jump forward again, but who knows what's I don't think they will. I think... I like... And I like what they're setting up now for this. Um, how about Paper Girls? Talking about jumping back and forth in oh, time. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, we... This is the hardest to predict book ever because every issue just feels like they throw out everything that happened in the, in previously and they just throw a whole bunch more new crazy shit at, at us to mm-hmm. read and horrible things happen to the main characters. Um, written by Brian K. Vaughan with art by Cliff Chang and Matt Wilson, letters by Jared K. Fletcher. Um, this was one of the better issues of this. Yeah. Or pretty much always very good book. Yeah. Um, I love this. Like, I love this book. Um, and heroes, this issue was yeah. incredible. Our heroes are now dealing with the millennium bug. Y2K, guys. It's going to get you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought this was, this was a really fun thing for them to do. And I, I, we, we're, we're learning more about the people from the far future, the, I guess the antagonists of this book, or at least mm-hmm. the people kind of pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that too. I love it, it, the, the, what Brian K. Vaughan has to say about slang yep. through this um, as well, which is really fun. And he's just very good at writing um, people of all ages. Yeah, I love the um, introduction of this old lady cartoonist. Yep. Leave um, it at that. Yeah. Don't say what she's doing in case we, there's no spoilers. Just going to say, guys, look out. There's a cartoonist and she's an old lady yeah. at some point. Um, and what, what a bizarre, fun little thing that she's kind of going to be in this Yeah, world. and there's giant robots fighting each other. Like we've gotten to this point in the review and we haven't even spoken about the fact that there's giant mechs. That, fighting that you can't always see yeah that yeah. keep popping up and then disappearing yeah it's Blah, so great. what's going on <laughs> and Cliff i love chang's the best i loved the um the flashback in yeah. this we flashback to the to the early 80s and um one of our characters is playing atari <laughs> i um, like how often people say are you on horn- horse tranquilizers in this issue real good stuff <laughs> great i love it it was the drug of choice in 1999 yeah absolutely Ketamine. good stuff great issue too <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's talk about Elsewhere, issue number three, written by, um, Jay Fairbar with, um, art by Sumai Kesgen. Um, this is the book about <clears throat> a bunch of real life missing people like, um, Angela Earhart, Amelia Earhart, sorry, uh, going back to a fantasy time and, um, being stuck in the fantasy time with these other missing people. Um, I think I'm going to drop this. Same. I didn't, I was just a bit bored by this issue. <laughs> I think it's just my, I, I'm general distaste towards, or well, just overload on fantasy stuff as well. Mm. There's not quite enough going on in this issue to kind of maintain my interest. Agreed. Yeah. If art's pretty though. Art's great. And the colors are good too. Colors yeah. are by, oh, Ron Riley. Nice work, Ron Riley. Great stuff. Um, how about extremity number seven? Did you like this issue? Did I? So this yes, more I and more is becoming about why war is bad. And obviously everyone knows war is no good except Garth Ennis apparently. <laughs> but um, this book, which is uh, written and drawn and arted by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson with colors by Mike Spicer, our through mm-hmm. image uh, in Skybound, um, it does so much about ex- just exploring 
not just like that war is bad, but like that war in books is bad. Like I, <laughs> I kind of, and like the kind of pursuit of art and how that gets interrupted by war mm. and how everyone has a different thought process when it comes to revenge and you know family yeah for me it's more a book about like family and expectation of like what your what your parents expectations are of you and disappointing them or living up to them and how that impacts you i still uh, you sound like you don't love no i was saying i see how incredible it is no no i love this issue no no no, 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 god i hope it didn't come across like i wasn't loving every moment (laughs) of this because what i love about it is that it has all these such heavy Mm. heavy kind of undertones but it it's still like a extremely thrilling action comic. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some really great visual moments. Like this is an incredible looking book. And then the moment where you sort of are introduced to this underground society, but with this big sort of vertical double page spread um, is so, so beautiful. Yeah. I, I showed my wife that. I was like, hey, look, check it out. It's like, <laughs> and she said, cool. <laughs> Oh dear. Extremity. It's a really good book. It may it's be. A really good you know, book, we, we are nearing awards season. Oh Siobhan, my goodness! And uh, Extremity is definitely going to be up there as my, one of my favorite new series of the year. Agreed. Um, let's just stay on this Skybound tip for a moment. I know you don't read any of these. Yeah, oh, fuck, you haven't read I'm any done. of the image books. All right. Well, um, Walking Dead, um, issue number one hundred and seventy-two. If you remember my last review of this, I talked about the new character who like wears a big pink um, jacket and is mm. like real zany and wacky. And oh, it, she looks delightful like it feels like she's a character that's been written for people to take screenshots of and put them on twitter cool so i don't know about that character but it is cool to see it's i i enjoy like i know a lot of people read this for like the zombie carnage but it is i, I what i get the most out of this is when they rebuild yeah like i almost want it to get to a point where there's just no threat from zombies or other people yeah that's and way just, more interesting and they just rebuild just like this is a new society with no conflict it's, mm. it's just like it just becomes like like playing sim city or something like that <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds way more appealing and every time because i've never read any walking dead and anytime anyone tries to sell it to me because i'm like yeah i don't i just don't really like zombie stories people are like it's not about the zombies it's about the relationships and rebuilding but then it always seems to come back to zombies which is boring it's an extremely addictive like i I think if once you read that first trade, you'll you'll just burn through the rest yeah. of it so fast. I read the first 100 issues in like four days. <laughs> You're so extreme. <laughs> That's why I'm the popular one. Because <laughs> I record all these episodes on a skateboard, on fire. But yeah, this is a good issue of Walking Dead. Um, I, I much prefer... The, the building of a community then yeah just it's suddenly. why like like why the last man is so appealing is because the threat is over and now we just have to see how they rebuild society with only with no men yep or one man and who a knows monkey. and a monkey uh, manifest destiny um through through sky skybound uh chris dingus matthew roberts dingus. tony akins and owen gianni on this book about lewis and clark um uh, making their way from one side of America to the other and encountering a bunch of uh, supernatural, crazy, bogus, hocus-pocus, crazy shit. Cool. Um, and on their way, they are basically escorting um, what is the name of that... Um, Sacagawea. That's right. The uh, Native American woman who uh, is bearing a child. She now has the child, um, but she uh, refuses to even look at it, which is sad. Oh. 
And um, both of our main characters are being visited by the ghost of a Spaniard who is encouraging them to, to do bad things. Oh, cool. I really loved this book when it was more monstery. Mm. Like I say this is like the opposite of how I feel about Walking Dead. Like I've, mm. This book is so much more fun when it's about monsters and carnage and crazy shit, whereas the quiet issues, I'm like, come on, get to the crazy <laughs> monsters because it feels, yeah, I don't know what about it. I, I, I prefer the historical stuff in like a book like Rebels, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than this kind of... It still has a supernatural element, but I, yeah. I, I, it's, it's a bit hard to sort of put in a bit of like realistic history stuff. At it's this not point, It's maybe. not really even doing that. It's just this is just a slower issue and right. I, I want something crazy to happen again. All action, all the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, fucking hell, man. Stray Bullets, Sunshine, Sunshine, Sun, ugh, Sunshine and Roses, issue number 28, written and drawn by David Lapham. I always sing my phrases about this book. This issue is maybe the most insane one yet. Um, again, it's filling in these gaps in between the first 40 issues of, uh, of Stray Bullets. There was a big time jump and we're kind of now filling in this very specific year in uh, some of the characters' um, histories. Um, we know that at least one of... Oh, no, so, yeah, we know that quite a few of the characters in this arc end up dead. Um, so we're kind of just seeing them um, at the peak of their insanity. Um, and uh, one character in particular, Orson, um, likes to wear a fake moustache and become the character of Derek. I think, cool. I, think I made you read, uh, yeah, I yeah, made yeah. you at gunpoint uh, read this. But in this one, he has this uh, 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 obsession because the only way he can he can summon up the courage to make himself seem more interesting and wild to his reckless girlfriend that he's in love with mm. is to just become this drunk rampage oh, madman. No. This Derek character mm. who he, you know, he's made up this backstory is like, and he always kind of, he talks about himself in the third person. He basically gets extremely fucked up and puts this moustache on and becomes this character of Derek. Nice. And um, it's like puerile in parts, but always maintains just this like really just like super grim nihilistic crime vibe that Stray Bullets is famous for. Um, and this this has this motif of, of, of Derek eating a banana and whenever he does so, everyone is really, really grossed out. And at the end of this issue, they're finally escaping after he's like basically like saved everyone from getting beaten to death by eating a banana. Amazing. And then his girlfriend goes, God damn it, it's not a banana. And then the issue ends. What? So I think he's been eating shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. But I just oh my I, god! Any like like Garth Ennis, if this was if this was ha- if this happened in one of his books, it would implicitly it would... show like you know flies coming out of this guy's yeah. mouth. And instead, the whole way through, he just eats a banana, and everyone around him like throws up, and is like, "Oh my what? god, this goddamn maniac!" Oh my god! Because it's like yeah, when he becomes Derek, he just you know he just gets so high and drunk that he's he doesn't oh, have any man, memory of what I'm he so does. Stressed out by that. Yeah, it's a like a, this, this is a brilliant book. It's it's you know it it, 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 it can be hard to read in parts, but I love oh, it. Man. I love it so much. I, I think I love the uh, monthly gross out Siobhan by me Good describing Lord. what happened in Stray Bullets. It's Horrifying. Wayne from Kings has a horrible, horrible story about someone eating poo. Oh, wow. Cool. I have to, have to have him back it. on the episode. Because it's okay. really graphic. Like, permanently scarred me. Permanently. Permanently. Hey, guess what, Siobhan? It's time Image for my favorite done. weapons manufacturer's <laughs> comics. <laughs> um, I made a joke about Marvel only um, printing comics on guns now. Nailed it. Which, uh, which, which of these issues would you like to be shot with this week? <laughs> I read um, so many less than you. Yeah, I read so uh, including read we read two number one. You ones. love weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't read Weapon X. 
so not Me that neither. much. Um, but I read Anyways. two number ones, and then I read all the because le- I thought like legacy renumbering. It's almost like they're doing a number one. So I yeah. thought let's let's jump back in on these series, some of which I gave up on very recently. Yeah, like hilarious. Iron Fist and Iceman. Um, so I'll try and burn through these reviews as quickly right. as possible. But I think I read like eighteen Marvel books this yeah, week. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and I saved like uh, now my thing when I'm sorting out my books. So I don't just burn through all my favorite books and then mm. just get stuck with the ones I'm not super keen on is I divide them all into publisher. Mm-hmm. Then I go through and order them from what I want to read to what I want not want to read because the trouble you get yourself in if you order it, the entire 50 books from worst to best is you just get in this like really average rut. Yeah. But if you do it by publisher, you, you know, within 10 issues or 18 in this case, you do get to the real good stuff yeah. and you don't like lose your momentum. Very good plan. Thanks Thanks for your good Good tip approval. for anyone else who reads like 50 plus comics a week, which yep. is... It's a service. Just us. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to pick one to start with? Should we talk about the legacy books first? Or should we, talk about the, should we do the non-legacy books first? Is that more fun? I don't know. <laughs> um, let's start with legacy because I don't know how many I read. Okay, um, sure. Should we talk about the Avengers first? Yeah, sure. Avengers. Worlds collide. The champions and the Avengers coming together, which means that next week or whatever, we're going to have to read a champions book again. Oh, really? Oh, no. Well, you don't have to, but this, uh, this is where this, this book has continued. Right, okay. Um, this is uh, Mark Wade and Jesus Sayas uh, working together um, on a big event that brings these two teams together. And, uh, you know, the, the champions, they, they're, not, they're not owned by these Avengers anymore. They can do what they want. And how dare Sam Wilson try and boss Ms. Marvel around? Am I right? I love it because that's like a fight that literally has happened in every team up of like the youth team with the older people team. Yeah, totally. Ever. This is just like reading... Uh, oh, what's that Mark Wade one? that he? It's exactly like um, Young Justice. Right. Anyway. Is that Wade? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, this is the first of uh, the many problems I had with Marvel art this week. Um, Jesus Sayas, his finishing is that weird photorealism that yeah, I've hated on, really on Salva like, the Rockers. I really like Jesus Sayers. Definitely. Generally. And this, it just looks a bit funny. Like everyone's really glossy and reflective. Yeah. I don't know if like this is a new thing that Marvel are doing to try and tie all their books together, like with a house style again, but yeah, it looks weird. Yeah, it's not good. It looks, everyone looks like a, like a robot, like a vision. Mm. They've got the same like varnish that the vision gets. Yeah. He, he can look shiny. That's fine. Absolutely. He should look shiny. But um, as a whole, I, I actually quite enjoyed seeing all these characters interact together. It was a fun kind of, uh, you know, all the, all the different um, Avengers and Champions team up in different ways to try and stop an asteroid from hitting Earth. Yeah. Um, and in the end, Marvel, Ms. Marvel just catches it. And then a Minotaur comes out. Fun. Yeah, I liked that. Um, Hercules... I liked Hulk and um, Herc yeah. teaming up. It was, Once it, more. Yeah, totally. It was Amadeus Cho who... Um, have you read The Incredible Herc? Which Not is what Greg Pak wrote shortly after Planet Hulk. Um, it's very, very fun. Mm. Highly recommended. Um, Hercules in general is such a great person to have around in books. Totally. Yeah. I really um, like The Avengers with him on it. Yeah, so are, are you going to read uh, Champions as well uh, as Avengers? I guess I will because this was fine. Okay, good. <laughs> um, all right, so for everyone that you did read, I'll, I'll review one ah, that I didn't. Cool. Um, Iron Fist, written by Ed Brisson with art by Mike Perkins, who is an artist that I generally like. Yeah, I really liked the cover on this and I almost picked it up. And then but man, again, like this like really bad... Is it, who's this colored by? I think, again, this is like... Oh, Andy Troy colored this. I really hated the finishes on this. Like, Yeah, it looks funny. Really, really funny. Um, but... Story-wise, I, I thought it was kind of fun. Um, basically, um, Danny Rand has um, the was Shulao, whatever the big yep. the big dragon that mm-hmm. um, from from wherever. What's the name? Uh, Kunlun. Yep. 
um, he, he's he's got hit that dragon uh, like imprisoned in his apartment. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. But um, someone's uh, broken into his apartment and stolen a bunch of magical shit. Um, and for some reason, he goes to Sabretooth for help. I don't know why. Whatever. I like the character of, of Sabretooth. Mm. Um, and I always like a villain and hero team up. So... I might Weird. keep. I might keep reading. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was certainly better than the, the number one issue that we read a few months ago, mm. but um, wasn't enough to me for me to be like, "You gotta read this book, Shinbone." Yeah, looks silly. Like it sounds <laughs> like it should be way more fun than it looks. The art looks it's quite so sort of serious. Grim. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, that, that's the thing. Danny Rand is such a happy, fun character, mm. and he showed up somewhere else this week, and it, it, he was a happy, fun character. Mm. And I loved it. Yeah, in Jessica Jones, actually. Yes. Um, and uh, although all of the books featuring like Iron Fist. Jessica Jones, all the defenders, basically, they all seem like out of sync with each other. Yeah, they're all telling like even Bendis is writing two of them, and they like they have ver- different versions different, of the characters. Yeah, it's very weird. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Iron Fist. I'm I'm that was issue number seventy three. I may read issue seventy four. Um, should we talk about Jessica Jones? Seeing as we mentioned, let's it? do it. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Michael Gados and colors by Matt Hollingsworth. This sees the return of the Purple Man, aka. So- I don't heaps know the Purple Man. So you've not read Alias? No. Right. So when when before Jessica Jones was a deadbeat alcoholic PI, um, she tried to when she'd first gotten her powers, she tried to become a superhero named Jewel. Yeah. And um, she was take basically taken hostage by the Purple Man, who can make anyone do whatever he wants with because his voice basically is you know he's like the power. He can yeah. He's like Jericho. That's right. No. Is it? I don't know. He, well, it's, uh, it's not, like he, go into people? No, no, no. He uh, can basically he can control them with with his voice. He can right. be, if I if I'd be like go jump off that balcony, you would do it because because he told it. So yeah, at one point Agreed. he tells he tells everyone at SeaWorld to leave in yeah. this issue, which I thought was hilarious, and everyone just does. I like that he's wearing a t-shirt. Um, in uh, with in, a with a thing on it, not just that he's wearing a t-shirt. Anyway, sorry. There's implied <laughs> in 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 an alias. He never. He never actually put... I don't think he puts his hands on Jessica Jones, but he instead makes her watch him with heaps of other women. Oh, God. And, like, basically keeps her hostage for, like, a long period of time. Oh, and it's actually handled, like, you know, like, you know, it's a horrible, horrible thing, but yeah. it's handled pretty maturely. Right, okay. Tremendous, anyway. Uh, in, the, in the series, he was the main antagonist for Jessica. Yeah. And pretty much she says, you raped me. In that, right. So it's a, a lot more like you know, depending on which version of, I mean, he's still in either version. He still tells he's still women creep, to, sex, to have sex with him, and and they do against their will. So yeah, yeah he is uh, by all means a rapist. Hectic. <clears throat> um, so here he is back. Um, he actually played a big role in Mark Wade's um, Daredevil run mm-hmm. recently, and in fact, it was his children that made all of the world forget yes. Daredevil's I liked that. identity recently. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, but here he is as just a kind of like a full-blown bad guy who's obsessed with Jessica Jones um, and uh, the big hor- hor- horrifying uh, realization after Jess has been like basically like gets Captain Marvel to try and take him out is that uh, he's already back in his life in her life and has uh, started talking to her daughter yeah very creepy super creepy um, I don't know this makes me like uncomfortable yeah, I think it's meant to, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm cautious about further issues. But as, as a whole, I've, I've actually quite enjoyed this run, so I will, I will keep going with it. I hated the um, Bender's back on his motherfucking bullshit of the first three pages. Oh my god, yes, just, where it's just like just dialogue and faces, just di- yeah, and and it's just like random faces of people that 
that Purple Man could potentially be in, be controlling at this any moment in time. I get what he was trying to do, but come on, Bendis. And also just like give one character a distinct voice. Everyone's like the same kind of sarcastic, sassy. Yeah. Like there's very little difference between Jessica Jones and Carol Danvers, except that Carol Danvers is like, I don't like babies. Jessica Jones is like, I do. Even Crazy. Luke Cage is just Jessica Jones, except he says girl sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm still going to read it, and I bet you are too. Same. <laughs> Iceman, issue number six, uh, written by Cine Grace, um, with uh, art by Robert Gill. I wanted to like this heaps more than I did, so is this a good jumping on point? It's better than it was when it started. It's, it feels like there's more going on. Like that was that was my only problem with, with... Well, my biggest problem was the art was crap. Mm. Art was just a, not of a, of a Marvel superhero level at all. I think if it was an indie story that didn't have to draw like men made of ice every yeah. every page, I would have forgiven it a bit more. But um, I think this is a new artist, or if not, this artist has gotten a lot better. Um, but where I was kind of bored by the fact that Iceman, the series, wasn't superhero-y enough in the first few issues, which I you know, generally could be okay with, but I think it was just failed to kind of really mm. get my interest. Uh, this one goes full ball, and it's all of them mourning the death of Black Widow, which I forgot happened. Yeah, totally. Um, and... Uh, the old team, the original team of champions, which was Hercules, Iceman, Angel, Ghost Rider, and Black Widow. Cool. So it's the the four guys basically like mourning Black Widow together. Yeah. And it's like the return of the champions. And then someone else shows up, Darkstar, who apparently was on the team too. I don't know. It was uh it was kinda cool. Sounds it was kinda cute. It was certainly better. Um and uh, at the end it sees the champions come back, I guess. Um I, I think Cena Grace is a great writer. And I like his attempt at really humanizing Iceman by having him go on like these disastrous dates and stuff like that. But it feels, I kind of wish it was just a, if I could compare it to a Marvel book, it feels very much like um, Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, that Kate Leth wrote. Right. Year Before Last. Yeah. Um, which I liked but got sick of eventually when it just kind of felt quite repetitive. Mm. Um, but uh, if, you know, if you want a more kind of slice of life hero book, maybe mm. you should check this out. Um, and, you know, it is it is fun watching superheroes date. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah. What did you read? You pick one. Um, Black Bolt, issue six. Not Legacy, but I'll... I'll uh, uh, sorry, I'll, should I'll I stick with a Legacy book? You know, you, I don't think you read any more like, Legacy books. I read X-Men Gold. Did you we, read we can that? Talk about, I did actually read okay. that. <laughs> right, let's read X-Men Gold. Um, like me stickling to these stupid rules. What a cool cover. This this book always gets me with Art Adams covers. Always I'm like, yeah, ooh, he, and, and they know Art it. Adams. And then the interiors, Mike which are still good. Yeah, but then again, shiny faces. Weird coloring. Really, this one especially, shit coloring. Mike Mayhew is a great artist. What's going on with the the bizarre, like, trying to, like, tone everyone's faces with shadow, but, like, then putting a line in the middle of the face? Yeah, it looks weirdly, like, CG. Yeah. Yeah, but not even, like, it looks like when when you would get, like, the um, the weird, like... um, fake versions of Pixar movies. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. They'd put out cars and then like some weird animation studio would release like trucks. Yep. Yeah. Very similar. I sort of like this because it throws I mean this is like this is a mojo story. So if you don't like mojo stories, you're not gonna like this. I think it's like similar with arcade. You know what you're getting in a mojo story. Mm. Um but this throws the X Men into a bunch of alternate universes where they come from, which is pretty good fun, I thought. Yeah. And Mojo like like directly referencing their legacy by throwing them in these big moments yeah. in their histories and kind of being like, it's all their legacy. Ha 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 ha. Um, I, th- I liked his, his take on Mojo was, was quite yeah. fun. Very like 
sort of meta self-referential, but I like all of the Age of Apocalypse stuff. Yeah, me too. Rachel's costume is so good in a Definitely. sort of um, looks like you know that comic Dawn by that guy Lindsner or something like. No, that? no never mind. Should I read it? Good one. Uh, it's just I only know it because he has a really distinctive art style, and all the female characters look kind of like that. Right, cool. So I dropped X Men Gold and Blue and uh, Mojo Worldwide, which is what this story continues uh, in in, in X Men Blue. Um, I'm definitely going to keep reading X Men yep. after this. So oh, cool. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm you know I'm umming and ahhing about Iron Fist and Iceman, but of the books that I dropped, I actually quite enjoyed this issue. Nice. Um, although Rachel Gray and Nightcrawler are dating. Yeah, I don't even remember that happening. That's fine. But I'm into it. Cool. Um, okay, another legacy book that you did not read. I've read fucking heaps of them. Venom. Yeah, gosh. Lethal read, Protector. I only read three more comics. There's like many more than yeah. that here. Written by Mike Costa. Um, with, and, you know, tonally it, it remains the same. Um, this sees him kind of trying to do good, but um, the symbiote still wants to eat people. Um, and we see him kind of hanging out with a bunch of dinosaurs that live in the sewers. It was like really fun and throwback 90s. Hmm. And i got to give a shout-out. We I give him shit a little bit. Mark Bagley did the art in this issue, mm-hmm. and he actually did a lot of the backups in Legacy this, yeah. this week where you kind of get like a three-pager doing the history. This is the best Bagley art I've seen. Yeah, that looks great. Since like Ultimate Spider-Man, That I looks guess. great. It's very... I mean, and, and actually, it was wow. inked by the same guy, John Dell, who did all these inking on the, on the Legacy backups. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's the key to getting good the Bagley. Secret. The colors on that also look good. Colors by uh, Dono Sanchez Almara. Good work, go. good work, team. Yeah, the, the, look, the art on this, like, and like, look at that fucking venom. That's a great venom. That's a great venom. Um, so yeah, I, I was keeps the neck muscles. I have to, I have to show Nate because um, I know Nate is an old, old school uh, Bagley fan. Yeah, this is this was Bagley doing his. Oh yeah, and then oh, the final. S- that's right. I'm going to keep reading cool. Brett Venom because now I want to read it. Craven is going to hunt Venom. Cool. That's fine. And then like any any issue that ends with Craven holding a newspaper and saying, "I'm going on a hunt." Great. I love Craven. He's so good. He's so funny. I, do you reckon we'll we ever see like him hunters. in the MCU? Oh, is he man. too goofy and like? I think because you would have to introduce him in like if you introduced him in like Black Panther and then yeah. sent him in Spider Man, I think it would be more believable. Totally. Or even something cosmic, like make him a cosmic entity or something like that instead of just Can't make him a cosmic. Entity. Okay, I take it back. Everyone. Goodness gracious, <laughs> he has to like. I like that in that reveal, he's wearing a shirt that is a lion's face. Yeah, but what if it was a space lion's Ooh. face? Um, one last legacy book is Royals, issue number nine, um, which is just like, you know... Oh, that's just... a great cover, though. Oh, brilliant cover. Um, and, and by the same artist who did all the interiors, Jamie Rodriguez, who we love, mm. uh, written by Al Ewing. And yeah, Jamie Rodriguez uh, coming to the book as the artist now ongoing and fucking hell that he does some great, great stuff in here. Yeah, that looks amazing. Um, and uh, the storyline is really, really cool. Um, look at the, even just like these, the personal moments. Look at yeah. the, look, look at Gorgon's tr- chest. Who's dating Gorgon now? Well, that's Medusa. Medusa's oh. hair's falling out. Not only is it falling out, but it's, it's losing gray. its color. So yeah. she's got short gray hair. She looks like Judy Dench. <laughs> but then in, in, cool. in, in flashbacks to her when she had that's like my dream casting. Yeah, God. Yeah, fucking hell. Imagine if you cast Dame Judy Dench as like a really old Medusa. I would be so into that. Um. They're that's not that's thinking. A, they're not thinking brave enough. That's of right. A, but you get like just in, incredible interiors wow. by Rodriguez. And Rodriguez is like one of the best artists Marvel yeah. have. They should keep him on one book for a long time, like they did like with a uh, Spider Woman, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is like it's it's cool. You you have Maximus the Mad kind of leading this team of Inhumans to where their the, their birthplace is. The, the start where Terragenesis started cool. in an effort to 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 cure Medusa. It's really really fun. 
I like this book. Mm. I, I would recommend picking this issue up again and yeah. going back with it. It's really good. Now that Rodriguez is on art too. Absolutely. He's, he's very read. good. So those are all the legacy Marvel books I read. I've still got a stack of regular Marvel books, some of which Siobhan read. And um, Black Bolt is indeed an inhuman. Um, in fact, was meant to be part of the Royals, but he got tricked. Got tricked. Um, and so his regular series, which is written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Christian Ward, saw him trapped in a prison. And in issue six, we finally saw him escape that prison. But with consequences. What an incredible, um, absorbing man story this Ugh. six issues has been. Oh, my goodness. Like you, Heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, like you said, like the, the, the same thing that makes me want to read Iron Fist now that Sabretooth is in it mm. is the hope that it will be a story akin to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Cre- Crusher Creel having this incredible, tragic backstory that links into him trying to be heroic. Yeah. And he is absolutely heroic in this An issue. An incredible, like, redemption arc. And another beautiful um, Black Bolt and Lockjaw hug. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, so much to enjoy about this book. And it ended, and I was like, cool, that's the end of that miniseries. Um, what an excellent miniseries. It's continuing. There's issue one, 7. Issue 7. With now we get by, to see him getting home. That's right. There's an art by Fraser Irving, too, in the next issue. I love Fraser Irving. It's very exciting. So, look, uh, Black Bolt is in a great place with Marvel at the moment. Yeah. But, like, you could... This arc stands by itself. Regardless of the fact that, like, it was sort of spurred into action by various weird Marvel Universe stuff, you really could read this on its own. Definitely. Um, and the art's great, and the story's so really good. compelling and funny and emotional, and Lockjaw's in it. Everyone should read that. Yeah, very, very good. And next week, we get another great Black Bolt and Lockjaw uh, book in the Inhumans, Once and Future Kings that Christopher Priest writes. I like that book, too. Very, very good stuff. Um, did you read a book I didn't? No. Oh, yeah, I did. I read yep. Hawkeye. Hawkeye issue 11 by um, Kelly Thompson, art by Leonardo Romero, and colors by the always great Geordie Belair. It's um, cool that they've kept Romero on art for yeah, almost the whole run. It's a really fundamental part of the book. I yep. think he's done every single issue, and it wouldn't be the same without his specific take on Kate. Like, her face is always beat up. There's a moment where, because um, Madame Mask has cloned Kate and has been running around in her body, and there's a moment where they... Okay. <laughs> it's really fun. Um, she's, like, been making out with boys and doing all this stuff, um, which she can't usually do because she has a metal face all the time. But there's a bit where, like, the cop who's now Kate's buddy has to choose which Kate is the one that she's going to shoot. And Kate's like, oh, that was a big risk. How did you... How could you tell the difference? And she's like your face is always covered in bruises and like <laughs> and like plasters and stuff. She was like, I knew which one was you. And I think it's really fun, the sort of physicality that they've given to this version of Kate and what her new mission is. She was trying to track down her dad. She's found her dad. It's not good news. Now she's like, fuck it, I'm tracking down my mom. Yeah. Um, and it's really like, it's the, the sort of key memory she has of her mom is really heartbreaking and upsetting. And it's this kind of, I really like the character development that they've done with Great. Kate. Like she does sometimes veer a little bit into like, I'm a sassy young woman, but it's not too cringy. The sort of family that they've built up for her, which happens a lot in books like Hellcat, etc. I think that really works in this book. Um, there's a lot to really enjoy about this. Um, Venomverse. Actually, before I talk about this, I, I will say that of all the books that I'm looking forward to coming back on board, Hawkeye's very close to the top. Yeah. When I think the, the next issue is a legacy one, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, Venomverse finally ended the uh, big, well, the, the small Marvel event for the year. Cullen Bunn, Iben Coelho, and Matt Yaki. And, uh, like, you know, I don't know why I kept reading this. <laughs> I didn't really get anything out of the finale. Um, it was just a, a big, big fight. With, and it uh, ended. And it ended, exactly. Cool. Bunned again. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Old Man Logan, issue number 29 by Ed Brisson and um, art by Mike Diodato Jr. Um, colors by Frank Martin. It's so weird that Diodato is drawing this book, which is a very, like, mm. strange kind of footnote to the very celebrated Lemire Old Man Logan run. It's very much, it's much more linked to the Mark Miller Old Man Logan story. Right. Uh, featuring the Hulks coming back to get their vengeance on, um, on, on Logan. Um, and... Old Man Logan exists in a very weird space at the moment with Marvel because are they going to keep him around? What's going on with him? I don't know. There's like three Wolverines in this one universe at the moment. Um, so it's too many. Yeah, I, I, it, the next issue is to be concluded, and I have to assume that must be the end of Old Man Logan. But I don't know. Anyone who has the foresight to read the uh, upcoming releases probably knows otherwise, and can call me an idiot on the internet if Yay. they like. It. Um, All New Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number 11 by Jerry Duggan and um, Roland Boshi, colors by Daniel Brown. Uh, an entire issue without one Guardian in it. What? This is all about the Nova Corps reforming. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, we learn, we have Richard Ryder um, learn that his brother, Robbie Ryder, is still alive. Oh. And this is a him going on a mission to find him. And it turns out that Robbie Ryder's already been in this book um, as a raptor. The guys that dress up like in, in the Dark Hawk our oh. armor. Um, cool. Yeah. I thought, was I thought his it was brother cool. like a Nova? Or? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, right. In the, um, in the great Abnett and Lanning run. Really, really great, great, great world building. <clears throat> and I, if this just becomes like an amazing, just cosmic crossover comic, mm. I'm, I'm all on board. Cool. I'm Good already fun. on board. I love this run. Duggan is is one of the greats. And I, I love that he made real life um, actor and writer, Scott Adzit, who you will know best as Pete from 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. Um, he, Wait. Which one's Pete from 30 Rock? He's like um, Liz Pete. Lemon's like kind of balding friend yeah. writer. Um, cool. He, uh, I think his name is Pete. Yeah. Is, or is he the one with the cap? That's Frank. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I haven't watched 30 Rock in so long. But um, but he made Scott Adzit, who was also a, one of the cast members of Mr. Show, one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. ever. Um, he made him a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in oh, his fun. Deadpool run. And now he's a Nova Corps <laughs> um, member too. So fun stuff. That's Very fun. fun. Um, so we both read Astonishing X-Men issue number four. Yeah. Written by Charles Soule with art by um, Carlos Pacheco. Um, this is the uh, kind of like big big X team book where every issue is drawn by another of uh, Marvel's kind of more prominent artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this book was revealed as being it's this, this entire book. The existence of it is just to bring back professor X. Uh, right. Okay. That's now I understand the point. Um, but so we see all of all these uh, mutants uh, kind of un- under the spell of the shadow King. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see the team like uh, basically focuses majority of this book focuses on, uh, two pairings. One of them is uh, the once in love uh, Mystique, not Mystique, Rogue. <laughs> Rogue and Gambit. Rogue and Gambit. Um, and uh, Gambit's just still hopelessly in love with Rogue. Um, and she's then- like, let's just do it. <laughs> the whole way through this book, he's like, but we can touch. Let's just do it. Christ. Um, and uh, then we also see the pairing of um, Mystique and, um, and Phantom X. Who just don't have all of that angst weighing them down. And so they're in this fantasy universe and they're kind of like, let's just go for it then. And so you see let's them riding jet skis yeah. and drinking champagne. It was real. I, I really enjoyed this issue because I think it embraced the silliness and the kind of dramatic nonsense of the X-Men really well. Totally. And it's such a core it felt like an episode of, like, of Passions. Exactly. <laughs> I love Passions. I watch Passions every single day after schools. I have a lot of opinions about Passions. My favourite moment, though, is... Um, Phantom X is one of my favourite um, mutants. Yeah. Um, and I think he's being used very well on this team. But I love that um, at one point, he's 
like he and uh, he and Mystique are on jet skis and she's in a bikini, big and blue, um, and he's wearing like just like um, like tiny speedos, briefs. tiny briefs, um, but he's still wearing his mask. Yeah, yeah, it's on a, so on good. a jet ski, just speeding through, a- and then he's in a tux while she's in a big glowing gown, but he's still wearing his mask and then ballroom dancing and ah, oh, so much fun. Yeah, really and good fun. I think like if you're going to pair, like, I don't know if, it, if you know once they get out of this illusion, they're going to stay together. But I love the idea of Mystique and Phantom X together. They because, work really well. You know, Mystique is someone who has always been a villain, but re- because of the recent movies, is kind of more more often than not on the side of the angels. Whereas uh, Phantom X is a very ambiguous kind of you know he's a master thief mm. as well as being an, a, a, a mutant hero. That's a good pairing. It is. And this is like a fun team. Like, these are all the X-Men that people really want to see. They want to see Psylocke. They want to see Bishop. They want to see Wolverine. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wonder how long this series is going to continue once Professor X is back. Hopefully a long time. Mm. Yes, I don't know. No, no, no. It's a cool book. It is good. Good fun. Um, So, I'm going to finish this episode on two Star Wars books. Um, First, I'm going to talk about issue 37 of Star Wars, which was Jason Aaron's final issue um, before Kieran, Kieran Gillen takes over. Um, and uh, I thought this was a really fun farewell to some of the best characters that he created, the um, Skull Squadron of, uh, of Stormtroopers, mm-hmm. uh, particularly their leader, as we learn like why, why he fights and what makes him special and why he's a Stormtrooper. I thought that was really a really cool thing that you rarely see. You know, they're just kind of like these faceless grunts um, in, in the movies, but it was fun seeing like, you know, the, the motivations of a Stormtrooper. Mm. Um, and then uh, so that, that that had art by um, Salvador La Roca, and then um, the, the kind of backup was uh, written by Jason Aaron with Dash Aaron. I guess maybe he's his brother or something, oh. or his son. I don't know. Cute. Um, hopefully, his son. I love a bit of nepotism in comics. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this was a, a a story all about Tuscan Raiders with art by Andrea Sorrentino. And it was so good to see Sorrentino just draw heaps of sand. Cool. <laughs> um, he draws a he draws good sand, guys. He does great sand, and um, yeah, it was like a, you love know, Sorrentino. Yeah, and one of the best parts of Jason Aaron's Star Wars run, which was hit and miss, um, especially in the more recent years. But um, when he uh, kind of did these catch up issues with um, Obi Wan Kenobi, they were really enjoyable, and we get a nice little farewell to his version of Obi Wan Kenobi as well. Oh, fun. Good little farewell, and. Um, you know, for a book that I came very close to dropping, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I stuck it out and read the entirety of it. Um, but I did not enjoy it anywhere near as much as I'm, I'm enjoying uh, Charles Soule's Darth Vader book at the moment, which uh, fills in the gaps between um, episode three and episode four. Uh, is that right? Yes, it is. Um, with art by, incredible art by Giuseppe Camincoli on pencils, um, Cam Smith on inks, and David Curiel on colors. This is just a, a, a really like angry version of Darth Vader. He's all anger without the skill. And um, it's a really, really fun, different version of such a well-known hero to see. Um, the story's great. The Emperor is a, di- the Emperor is a different version of the Emperor than what, we, what we're used to seeing as well. And um, he's still coming up with really fun and inventive villains and, and co-characters uh, for Darth Vader to kind of, you know, yell and kill at. Um, cool. Without it feeling like it's like, you know, just making up a bunch of weird non-Star, non-Star Wars feeling crazy stuff. It feels like it belongs in this universe, which is no mean feat. <sighs> what a week. All, those are all our reviews for the week, which leave, means the only thing left to do is to let you know which comics to pick up this week, which is another enormous week. Oh, good. With not that much really notable stuff. <laughs> those are the best weeks. Yeah, I know. There's lots of like, you know, second and third issues of books that we've really enjoyed. Um, Squirrel Girl? 
Issue I number twenty five. Yeah, Squirrel Girl issue twenty five, which I think is going to be a bigger issue than usual. Cool. We get a new number one for Falcon. Falcon cool. Oh, cool. Book. I'll get that. Um, Who's writing that? Do we know? I can't remember what his name is, but he's not someone that I'm particularly familiar with. Um, we get a bunch of Halloween specials for Archie and Adventure Time, which are they're always quite fun. Cool. Um, Jonathan Hickman's The Dying and the Dead returns, which Great. is a surprise. Um, we get. Um, Gotham City Garage, that oh, horror, horrendous the DC Girls Ride Motorbikes Now book that you're not looking forward to that comes out. Yay. Um, we get um, a second issue of that um, weird virus outbreak in a high school, Lazaretto. Oh, yeah. College, cool. sorry, that looks really fun. With the, the complete series of Luther Strode hardcover, which I recommend to everyone. Another new DC book called Ragman. Number one. Oh, Ragman. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Is he the same dude from Secret Six? Or I think it... that Ragdoll... That was Ragdoll, uh, yeah. I'm, I might be dumb. Yeah. I was going to say, is Ragdoll Ragman's child? But I think Ragdoll is Ragdoll's child. Right. Okay, anyway. right. Okay, right. <laughs> um, then we also get... We'll find out next week. I'm sure it'll be... It'll be within there. Get the return of Jeff Lemire's Royal City, which is very exciting. Great. Um, we get a new Wildstorm spin-off book about Michael Cray. Cool. Um, which I'm has been co-written by Warren Ellis um, mm-hmm. and a new writer. Um, and uh, yeah, a bunch of fun other stuff. Um, lots, lots of comics coming out next week. Uh, and uh, you can hear us review them in next week's episode. Um, we actually have a live episode coming up. Um, as part of uh, Planet Broadcasting's massive double header, um, almost like mini festival thing happening at Cake Wines uh, in November, every Wednesday night in November, uh, two Planet Broadcasting uh, shows go head to head, and we are super excited to be going head to head with uh, Do Go On. So on the uh, the last Wednesday of November, if you head to Cake Wines, uh, if you go to planetbcasting.com now, you'll be able to find ticket information. You'll be treated to an episode of Serious Issues with some special guests, and then an episode of Do Go On. Um, which is uh, very exciting for us because they're very popular and uh, lots of people will come to see them and then we'll have to see us first. And then they'll have to sit through us reviewing comics for two hours that they don't care about. Well, we'll yes. Come up, we'll come up with something fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's do like a primer or something. So yeah, that's like, I think it's like the 29th of, of November, the last Wednesday of November. Um, and uh, yeah, details are up on the Planet B Casting website. Um, there's a whole bunch of other ones. Um, I'm doing one with HeyFam. HeyFam is now part of Planet Broadcasting. Oh, cool. Which is very fun. Um, and we're doing an episode with... Um, Josh Earls, Don't You Know Who I Am. Um, the Weekly Planet guys are coming up for two episodes. Um, and Claire from Weekly Planet is coming up to do an episode with the Tofop guys too. So lots oh, of great. massive nights. Um, and we're going to be ending it all. Yay. I'm really looking forward to it. That's going to be good fun. I'm DJing at all of them too. So you can oh, hear cool. me DJ. That'll be fun. Guys, um, just someone has to come to listen to us specifically. <laughs> just one of you. <laughs> no, That's actually, all I'm asking. I actually know of a lot of people that are traveling just for our no episode. Way. Which is very exciting. Oh, cool. is Connor coming? That would be really cute. Uh, maybe. I saw he said maybe. And I was like... <laughs> Please come, Connor. <laughs> he will now. Just play this <laughs> to your parents, Connor. They'll, they'll, they can come with you. I um, will look after him. I won't. I absolutely won't. Um, you're very motherly now. You will. You'll <laughs> instinctively do it. It'll kick in. Um, and suddenly you'll be buying him milk. Yeah. <laughs> Good for your bones, Connor. Um, hey, Good I for forgot, growing boys. I forgot a comic that is coming out next week that we should uh, check out is Otomahawk, which Ooh. was um, uh, serialized in Grant Morrison's um, Heavy Metal. Ah, cool. It's coming out collected in Image this week. Awesome. So check that out too. Um, those are all the um, episode. <laughs> those are all the episode, everybody. See you Bye. next week for more episode. If you want to follow us online, you can find us at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or 
and our group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. We are on Twitter at Serious underscore underscore issues and uh, individually at Siobhan CBG and at LevDog. We're also on Instagram on those same names. Mm-hmm. You can send us an email, seriousissues at kingscomics.com and you can uh, support us and we love it when you do because it means we can make heaps more cool stuff um, by supporting us on patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have Thanks, a good guys. week. Read lots of comics and be good to everyone in your life be nice to your and mom. nobody collaborate with any gun manufacturers this week guys okay don't do it hey this is levins thanks so much for listening to serious issues if you're not completely sick of my voice by now why don't you check out one of my other podcasts one is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.